The following program is presented by Atmark Media. Tonight's episode of the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish is brought to you by Z Apollo Photography. Visit zapollophotography.com for all your photography needs. Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top-rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand. The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now, The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBroasters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be Russo'sBrand.com, bro. Again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at HMG. And now it's time to be entertained. I wish I could share your excitement. I wish I could share the excitement and the enthusiasm of uh, these wonderful fans. But I gotta say, Hangman, I'm a little sad, actually. I mean, we were friends. We were partners. As a member of the elite, we were like family. You see all of this? Everything here, this was meant for you. And if it wasn't for your insecurities, if it wasn't for your failures, that... Oh, no. You talk about that cowboy spirit, right? You guys love the cowboy spirit? 
You said it best yourself. You fall off that horse, you get right back up into that saddle, right? I wish the cameras could see how it really was, Hangman. It was never you. It was always us that picked you up out of your sorrows every single time, sat you back up on that horse, and sent you back out there to give these people what they thought they wanted, and that was cowboy shit. And why did I do that? Why did I do that even after you walked away? Even after you turned us down when we invited you back? Call me crazy, but I did it because I saw a little bit of myself in you. How wrong I was. What a disappointment. You know, you, uh, you talk a lot about me choking, my failures, my insecurities, and maybe you're right, yeah. But if I remember, you once had another tag team partner who maybe you felt like you didn't measure up to either. But I look across the ring and I see you now. The best bout machine, the wrestling god, the man who's been the AEW world champion for almost a year now. And it might be fair to say you've surpassed him. And over the past few years, you've told me a lot of lies. You told me I was, wasn't good enough. You told me I couldn't beat you. You let me fall flat on my face. But the biggest lie that you ever told me was last year at Full Gear in the Eliminator Tournament when you beat me. You knelt over my body and you said, good job, Andrew. I'm proud of you. You weren't proud of me. You were afraid of me. You didn't want me to feel the pain of loss like you had felt before. You didn't want it to light a fire under my ass for me to prove myself, to redeem myself. You didn't want it to make me become what you've become, what I will become this Saturday when I beat you and become the AEW World Champion. No, 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 no. You've got it all wrong, hey man, you've got it all wrong. What I did, I did out of necessity. What I did, I did because, believe it or not, I care about you, Hangman. What I did, I did because I wanted to be the guy standing in front of the table from you right now so you could realize your potential. Whether we can be friends ever again, whether you'll ever team with me again, who knows, I don't know. But one thing's for sure is that I want to be able to shake your hand right here, right now, one last time. Let's kill it at the pay-per-view. Man to man. I'm sure they will. The AEW World Champion and his challenger shaking hands. Good job, Hangman. I'm proud of you. Wow, Kenny Omega. Such a detestable individual. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> Kenny. I'm sorry, Hangman. This is necessity. I love oh, you, buddy. Son of a I bitch. love you. I did this because I love you! Don't you get it? Yes. Don yes. Callis! What a cheap shot! That's exactly how Omega never saw it coming. with Callis involved. You know, Kenny, the scum. they say the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to make the world forget he existed. For six weeks, I've been hiding in my basement. Does this look like someone who's ready oh to win the world title, Kenny? Does this look like someone who's ready to win a world title? Sign it! Kenny Omega Sign it. signing the contract in blood!
knows his way around the ring, obviously, or he wouldn't be in AEW. And one of the most awe-inspiring moves in all of professional wrestling, the Black Arrow. No! Well, I think everybody knows that, including Dax Harwood. I think, uh, uh, speaking of luring him in, I think he lured him up on top that time. You got Tully out there because he's a legal manager. Not sure as I, I heard him speaking to Harwood. Good Lord, look at this. Harwood. This could be a disaster for everybody. Got We've seen some great coaching tonight. Dan Lambert, Leo Rush, Tully Blanchard now. Well, Lambert had a hell of a game plan, didn't he? Boy, did he ever. He just picked the dog out of the yeah. Jericho's crew. Take another look at this high-impact ball from Dax the Axe. And this back tougher than a $2 stake without question. Go to Harwood's face, it's the determination, the willingness to do whatever it takes to win. And you know he'll have the same attitude Saturday night on pay-per-view for the AEW Tag Team titles. That's the R. Oh, Harwood takes the least German suplex from Pack. Pack trying to will himself back into this fight. This show has been full of intensity from start to finish, from the opening moment. When we saw Daniel Bryan and Rocky Romero all the way through this broadcast, nothing but great wrestling and intensity. The waist lock can pack deadlift Dax Harwood. Harwood escapes, ducks the roundhouse, hits the lariat! Inside out goes Pack. Great impact from Harwood. And the rebound into the Liger Bomb. One, two, no! The willingness to sacrifice is evident in this contest. Dax Harwood wants nothing more than to become a two-time AEW World Tag Team Champion this Saturday night at Full Gear. Harwood's seemingly saying, what am I gonna do here? And that's when we talked about how good Pac is, we are seeing it right before our eyes. He has been able to take Harwood's best shot, but how much more can Pack take here tonight? Tony Schiavone has left us from the moment to prepare for his uh, contract signing. Involving Kenny Omega, our champion. Oh, backslide by Pack. Whoop. Oh, Pack transitions. Now, here we go. And Harwood, Harwood submitted immediately. That's a smart move because Pack will not relent. And you don't want the injury before Saturday. And Cash Wheeler immediately coming to the aid of his partner. Dax Harwood, you could see that shoulder so heavily taped, he didn't want to risk injury going into that World Tag Team Championship title match. That was smart wrestling and a losing effort, Dax Caliber. Because now you're seeing the damage. The match is over. It's going to be a memory sooner than later. Oh, wait a second. What the hell? Well, I don't know what yeah. the hell's going on. This strange alliance between Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo continuing here tonight. It's like a pack of wolves. They're vultures. They're picking the bones. The bastard pack. And there we see Penta Elsa and Cody Rhodes. Ray Phoenix. 
all hitting the ring. The signs are becoming more even. There's Cody. He's got some scores to settle here. Cody Rhodes coming through the crowd, and he's going right at Malachi Black. Cody came to get himself from Malachi Black. God knows they've got an issue. And Andrade El Idolo and Pack. Such a history between those two men. Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes. I can't get enough of this pairing. It's amazing. Luton Rhodes defending the tag title Saturday night. What a pay-per-view this son of a gun is tipping up to be. One you can't afford to miss, I can tell you that. Exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Chris DeFerrand. and welcome to the PWC Presents Wednesday Night Skirmish with me, Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L or bullshit first thing in the morning. I'm here with my co-host, Jimmy T, all the way from <clears throat> the People's Republic of Australia. Jimmy T, how the fuck is, uh, well, communism? Question mark? Oh, communism is going great, bro. I mean, hey, you might as well call some people for public of Australia because that's what it is. But most importantly, the capital's right here in Melbourne, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, 
Zeke fucking Andrews. Man, the exact place you live is the worst part of where you live. So oh, congratulations. <laughs> oh, but more importantly, Chris, how's beautiful snowy Minneapolis, dude? Minnesota. Um, <laughs> ah, there we go. Yeah. Um, well, I drove down here uh, so that I could be here for the pay-per-view. It's going to be my first live wrestling show that I've ever been to. Not at the Temple in Mexico City. Uh, I have been to a few shows there. Um, shockingly enough, the guy who fucking hates this lucha shit is the guy who's only ever been to lucha shows. Um, so oh, I, I get to that. finally go to a, I, I finally get to go to a wonderful Western wrestling show uh, tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, the the roads were awful. We got our first uh, uh, our first snow the other night. Um, I nearly went off the road at least three times in, in an hour long drive. And uh, there were semi-trailers in the ditch, um, multiples of them. I think there was at least four of them. Uh, and that was just the semi-trailers. There was probably five or six vans and trucks and cars and assorted other vehicles in the ditch. Um, not great. And then I crossed the border into America and the fucking roads were perfect. So let's go, Trudeau. I'm thinking you're talking about Minnesota, and then you just popped that one. That one was great, dude. Please continue. Oh. Well done, Trudeau, you fucking cockwit. Yeah, uh. good for you. Yeah, well, usually we start off the show with some wrestling news. I don't think there's much to talk about in the overall wrestling landscape, but we do have some interesting little news um, about the skirmish and about the particular name of our show, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, and I almost forgot about it. Funny enough, so, man, what the hell, Housman? What's going on there? Please explain more to our listeners, Chris, because Housman right. was apparently gonna like get his uh, skirmish on. So, all right. So, many of the people who are listening to us also listen to Hamin. Um, so we've got a lot of crossover in terms of our audiences. So there's a lot of people listening who know who Nick Houseman is. If you don't know who Nick Houseman is, he runs the, it used to be wrestle zone. What is it now? Wrestling Inc. Wrestling Inc. Anyway, uh, he does, he does a pretty decent sized podcast, certainly, uh, you know, bigger, bigger than ours currently, although we're growing pretty fucking quick. Uh, we're, we're coming for all you motherfuckers. Um, but uh, but anyway, Houseman, uh, we were we were basically shared a video where Houseman was talking about a new show that's coming up, and uh, he talked about how it's oh the 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 Friday night skirmish, isn't that isn't isn't that a clever name? <laughs> like, that's, that's that's interesting, isn't it? It's because it's not like a war. It's 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 smaller than that. It's like it's, it's a skirmish. So. <clears throat> Oh shit. So anyway, I tweeted him and I said like, "Hey, like just so you're aware, like, you know, Jimmy T and I have been doing the Wednesday night skirmish for over a year." I said something to the effect of um steal and make it your own only goes so far before it's hashtag #lame. Um <laughs> and then you also tweeted him and you were like, "Yeah, dude, like come on, like we've been doing this show. we've been doing a skirmish for over a year." Um I was actually impressed with the way that Houseman responded. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, 
we have a lot of crossover. So I know a lot of people would love to hear me bury Nick Houseman right now, but um, he responded by basically saying like, ah, you know, like it, it was, it was a thing where we asked our audience what to call a show. Um, it wasn't my idea. And uh, you know, I'm not trying to steal your stuff. It was just for a one-off. So um, that was nice. You know, he, he, it's Twitter, right? So, I mean, my expectation was that it was just going to become a big bitch show and it didn't. So, you know, good on him. He, he tried to steal our shit. I'm pretty sure, but he, did, bro. he was still, He'll he was still okay business. about it. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Business, dude. Really? Yeah. He's really? like, it wasn't me. It was, it was the other guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Look, man. Oh man, I used to listen to WrestleZone back in the day with Bin Hamin on there. That's how I first came across with Bin, right? Mm-hmm. Shout outs to, to the Ayatollah himself. Yalla, <laughs> Bin Hamin. But um, yeah, look, I was never a big fan of Houseman. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's, his voice is annoying. Look, sorry, Nick. If you're listening to us, man, I'm just stating the truth. You know what I mean? Your voice is <laughs> annoying, bro. <laughs> right? But in saying that, he surprised me, dude. He actually did surprise me. He, uh, other than the part that you blamed your own listeners, dude. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, really? We we saw and and heard what you said, dude. I didn't hear nothing about listeners. I mean, did you, Chris? No, I didn't hear nothing about that in that video clip. It, it, it sounded like he was trying to take credit for how clever he was for coming up with the name. <laughs> And then when we when we confronted him, he said, "Oh, it was uh, listeners decided. I didn't do anything." About it. So oh, that's cool. Man. You know, you know, like the classic in like the in like the spoofy crime thrillers where you say like, "It wasn't me. It was the one armed man." It was yeah. kind of one of those where it was like, "It was the one armed man," which is funny because as I'm watching this whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing, there's actually a one armed man on the stand. That's funny. Uh, you're on fire, man. You're on fire tonight, bro. Sorry. Shout outs uh, to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Please continue, man. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So it turned out pretty good. Um, I was kind of happy that Houseman, you know, accepted it and said, you know, it was just for a one off and we're not trying to steal your stuff. And that was cool of him. That was cool. Um, yeah, he's still. Like I haven't listened to him since Ben and Ray left, so I I don't know what he's doing now. But I remember before bring it to our attention, by the way. So shout out to Big Ray. Yeah. Hey, we love you, Big Ray. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, no, just um, I I remember like I remember listening originally, and he was basically doing like the Chris Jericho intros, where he would just yell everything that he said. Um. Super annoying. Welcome to WrestleZone. God damn it. Yeah. And then listening to him try to be funny every time there was a female on the show. Not not great. Look at us assholes. We're such pricks, aren't we? I mean, we're praising the guy, yet we're giving him back. Yeah. Thanks for not being a dick, Nick. (laughs) By the way. By the way, your podcasting skills suck. <laughs> oh, yeah, we said it, Houseman. We said it. But look, in saying that, he was a class act at the way he, he responded he was. to us. So kudos to you, Nick, for that one. But And he seemed pretty humbled. 
So, in turn, I was just waiting for an excuse to absolutely give him so much shit. I was hoping he was, he would just be a prick, but he wasn't. So, I gave him the respect he deserved. And as you did too, Chris, and uh, we move on, you know what I mean? It seems like he yep. might be paying attention more so to the Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PWC Network. So, hey, man. Thank you. How's hey, listen, we, we appreciate, yeah, we appreciate all of the love that we can get, even when it's from people like Nick Houseman. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the show here. Um, I guess the only other thing to talk about is, yeah, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I'm at the, the Hyatt Regency downtown. So I'm like nice, a 20 nice. minute walk. <laughs> I'm like a 20 minute walk. It's just sort of up the road and around the corner to the target center. Um, I love Minneapolis, dude. I haven't really properly been here since I was a kid. And um, yeah, like I've been here, like, you know, just sort of in and out, but I haven't actually really visited the city in a long time. So it's cool to be here. You know, um, there's a lot of feelings. Oh, I'm right downtown, dude. I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm right in between. Like, like, like the Target Center is downtown. It's like right next to, um, well, a bunch of the old, like, uh, a bunch of the old like music venues and stuff like that that were pretty popular during uh like the time when Prince was coming up. And are they stuff not like demolished that, so. yet? No, like a lot of the older ones downtown are still standing. Yeah. No, that's yep. cool. Because you know how cool. it is in the States, dude. You know, they, they demolish shit and build shit, you know, pretty quickly, man. So the fact that they kept those places, that's awesome, you know. <laughs> Especially with Prince's history in Minnesota and not just Prince. But hey, man, with this, we've got to give kudos right here to, to Minnesota as a whole because they're one of the states that are all cities that produce some of the most and best professional wrestlers on the planet, dude. Oh, absolutely. This is a wrestling town. You know, the AWA used to be headquartered here in Minneapolis. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I mean, think about all the names from the past that have come out of that have come out of Minnesota. I mean, the Road Warriors are from here. Uh, Rick Rude. Chicago. Um, <laughs> not not chicago i don't care um you know mr perfect um the x pac x pac dante martin (laughs) the legendary dante Dante martin Martin. well then you might as well chuck in uh uh, ari davari whatever the fuck his name is ariel davari whatever it is he's from minnesota too but in all honesty absolutely i know we haven't even like you know cracked the fucking the scratch the surface Right, or the surface of what wrestlers have come out of there, but man, it definitely is a wrestling town. And 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 one, wait, hang on a minute. The Nature Boy, I, I believe, is also from Minnesota. I have to like add that in. He's originally from Minnesota, not North Carolina, but from Minnesota. All right, it's just what's with great wrestlers coming from cool places and then claiming North Carolina. I don't have a clue that I mean, Kenny's from Winnipeg, but yeah. Apparently Which is way far. better than North Carolina. <laughs> Man, they got alligators at least in Carolina, right? I mean, both. Sides. I I have serious, like I have serious like reservations. I may go down to the Walgreens tomorrow to get like some cardboard because I'm <laughs> I I I, I kind of want to have a sign tomorrow that just says like Winnipeg over North Carolina. Sold <laughs> it up. Please do. Heck, you should I don't be know. advertising the skirmish, bro. Bring a sign with Wednesday night skirmish. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. And you know what? Honestly, like I'm, I'm like three rows up from the like 
like from where the camera's sitting, like you'll be able to basically side? see me. No, I'm on oh, the no, other side. Opposite. Oh, beauty. Yeah, like Beautiful. from where the camera is, you'll be able to see me in the crowd because I'm only three rows up. Really? So you got good fucking seats, dude. I'm actually excited, bro. I'm so excited for you. It's like I'm there, like, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. No, but really, like, I'm I'm actually quite excited for you to be attending this. And I'm also really excited to know, like, how you felt about it, like, how cool it was and, and you know what's cool about going to pro wrestling events particularly western events right you meet a lot of people man people interact people mm. always trying to talk to you you know what i mean it can get annoying they get me wrong but i don't know what it is it's just wrestling fans are like that you know what i mean and, oh, and yeah. that's you're gonna have a great experience hopefully you you run into michael davis as well who will be joining us on the recap show who's also going to the show and he's you know, he's from Minnesota himself. So uh, I'm looking forward to the Full Gear review show because I think it's going to be a beauty. And I also think you're going to enjoy yourself, dude. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if yeah. you can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've definitely done that before at hockey games and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, I, I am I am not adverse to being loud as a motherfucker when I'm enjoying myself. So <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man, and hopefully you have a lot of fun, man. But as we get into it, I mean, before actually we continue, I hear it's not even fully sold out yet. Is that true? I mean. I don't know. Uh, when I bought tickets, there was still like some left. Obviously, I was looking for single tickets because right. it's just me. Like, right. I asked my girlfriend. She was like, I'm, I'm not going to fucking wrestling. So I was like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> That's the kid's you know. girlfriend, man. Yeah. yeah. Gets it. She knows, bro. She knows. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Leona, you're awesome. Um, but, yeah, she doesn't care for wrestling. So. That's, that's um, funny, though, man. Oh, yeah. shit. I forced my, but, my girl to actually love wrestling, and she still hates it anyway. <laughs> you want to mention you're in there, but sorry, continue, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but that's it. So it's when I so when I bought tickets, there was like a couple left. There were there were a couple that were pretty decent. Like I said, the one that I got, um, it's just three off the floor, like right where the camera is pointed. So if you look sort of at the top of your screen, you'll probably see me in a Minnesota Wild hoodie tomorrow. Oh, the Wild! I think. I mean, are they doing any good these days, man, in the NHL? Uh, yeah, they got a pretty solid team. They've got a they they signed uh, Kirill Kaprizov um, from out of Russia wow. last year. He was really really good. Um, this year he started off struggling a little bit, but they hadn't got him signed until right before the season started. So I'm not sure how much working out with the team he had done. Interesting. Well, go wild. You know, I hate that name though, man. It's such a cheesy name i'm sorry sorry minnesota but couldn't you come up with something better than that shit minnesota i don't wild. know every time they chant let's go wild let's go wild <laughs> oh. let's go wild i'm like oh it's because it means two things i swear to god minnesota. it's like it's like vince Ru it's, it's like i swear to god vince russo being in on the fucking naming of tna like let's call it tna because that's funny <laughs> Because it because we'll say it's total nonstop action. But that's not really what it means, bro. 
She had I don't know. For some reason, fat. Vince Russo is high on coke in my head. I don't uh, know what the fuck's going on. Bro. <laughs> bro. 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 We're going to name it TNA, bro. Because it's because it's not just total nonstop action, but it's tits and ass, bro. <laughs> bro, tits and ass. <laughs> oh man, but like I said, Russo is a fan of ours, man. Come on, he follows the PWC, bro. So hey, I love to Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Vince Russo oh, is fantastic, man. dude. We absolutely we, we make fun of today, we make fun of fucking everybody on this show, dude. Like we love them, we hate them, we make fun of everybody. You know, we just talked about how Nick Houseman was like really big on Twitter and just like accepted that he was wrong and you know also, said you know he was just a one time thing. And we're sitting on here just telling him how much he sucks at podcasting. You know what's so. even funnier, dude? We're also part of that mean media group, Chris. I know, man. <laughs> and look what we're doing. I mean, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> Over at HMG, HMG, because uh, you know, I believe what you mean is we were a part of the I mean, media group. <laughs> oh no, it's all nothing but love, man. We're just having some fun. Don't worry, it's all good, man. We don't fucking hold back, Chris. I've even said it while on a HMG show, absolutely destroying <laughs> Serena Deeb. And believe me, I got heat, bro, for that one. So it is what it is, I man. Mean, I mean, man, yeah, sometimes sometimes <laughs> you're just going to make fun of shit because it's funny, right? That's I mean, it, man. I mean, shit, we yeah. shouldn't change for anything. You know what I mean? That's why we're on there, baby. That's right. That's what we do. We, uh, you know, the, the people appreciate the honesty, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> and honestly, um, as the show starts off here, I was kind of surprised to see Daniel, uh, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, getting ready for a match here to open up against Rocky Romero. Yeah, I was surprised too. I didn't see that one coming. I know you texted me during the match and I was quite surprised. Hopefully it leads to a Kazuchika Okada appearance, which would be great. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't mind Rocky Romero. He's all right. Shout out to Chico Aluchador, who's also Rocky Romero which is his alter ego, which is quite funny, actually, Chris. You'll probably like him. Mm. Yep. Um, I like Rocky Romero. I've, I've, I've always been a fan of his work. Um, I thought that he had retired, so... Yeah, I've, yeah, you're right. I've heard that before, but he's back pretty much wrestling again, and he's pretty good, bro, in the ring. He reminds me a lot of Chavo, to be honest. Yeah, he moves in, very, in a very similar fashion to Chavo. Yeah, he's got a lot of the same mannerisms too. Um, by the way, if you're learning to wrestle, not a bad guy to uh, emulate there. Uh, Chavo Guerrero, fantastic. Um, learn how to talk better than Chavo, but other than that, yeah, good stuff. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, so the match starts off with some catches, catch can, uh, arm wrenches, uh, switches, headlocks. Um, and that was sort of a heavy theme throughout the night here tonight where they were catch can it, was the fucking thing of the night, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, the way that, the way that everything sort of came out, came across to, tonight was it seemed a lot like, you know, Dean Malenko was booking backstage. Like that's how it came across was like somebody who actually knows how to wrestle was booking these matches because basically every match started off with, Catches, catch can, headlock, switch, takeover, head scissor, takeover, switch. Absolutely, um, true. 
which for a guy like me who likes the in-ring action and likes to see things that look like a competition, I was, I was digging it. So yeah, but that's yeah, how we too. started off this match. Oh, excuse me. I had some, uh, I had some New York style pizza, um, which, yeah. So, uh, shout outs to Minneapolis pizza, which is not New York pizza. Uh, it's still not bad. Like, it was good, but stop calling things New York style. It's like, don't do that. Also stay away from Chicago style pizza in Minnesota, bro. Which is not pizza. It's like deep dish pie. pizza is not pizza. It's it's, it's a like pie. a weird, yeah. It's like a weird half pasta, half bread yeah. based nonsense. Nonsense. Uh, it's good food. Chicago. It's good food. Don't don't at me, Chicago. It's good food, <laughs> but it's not pizza. What the fuck? So please, Chicago. No, it's not pizza. Right? That no. shit ain't pizza. I don't give a shit how much you vouch for your pizza because it's not a pizza. All right, that's it. Simple. It's like when restaurants up in Canada serve tacos. Like, no, <laughs> well, I don't hey, care, dude. Here in Australia, they <laughs> serve tacos too. So I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know who. Like, as somebody who lived in East LA to... for two years, I'm like, right. no, it's not a taco. <laughs> There's the a lot of taco of bells and uh, the Guzman uh, taco joints over here, dude. So. I mean, hey, look, there is a lot of Latinos in Australia, all right? So, that, yeah, we're going to give them that. <laughs> but it's funny. So, Canada. Are they considered wogs in Australia? Yes, they or... are. Absolutely, they're oh, wogs. Okay. Would you believe I've got a Mexican friend born and raised here? Well, yeah. I have like multiple Mexican friends who were born and raised in Canada. Really? See, that's weird, too. Like, I find that weird, even though it's not far per se. I mean, it is far, but not really. You know what I mean? But, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, even in Canada, can you imagine? Orale. <laughs> then again, Orale. They say, but they say Honestly, dude, the people anyway. in East LA say A all the I fucking know. time. I used to laugh, man, because people would be like, people like, oh, you're from Canada, A? And I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? I've been listening to you talk all fucking day. Hey, Holmes, what are you doing, eh? You say it more than I do, motherfucker. It's so true. Shout out to homeboy. Uh, shout out to Homeboy88, no doubt, man. Who you can catch me on the impromptu show, actually, we did a couple days ago about the pandemic live on location from a casino in a local area. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, but I wasn't playing. <laughs> all right. Well, check that out. Um, Absolutely. For sure. Uh, anyway, back to the match here. Both guys wrestling a mat, uh, mat based style. Um, most moves seem focused on hurting a body part in order to get a submission later, which, wow. Wow. Impressive. That's very impressive. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, I feel like this is becoming a, a, a normal complaint in AEW in general and specifically in Danielson matches. Rocky got too much offense in this match. Yeah, um, I agree. And that's been an issue in all of Brian Danielson's matches, actually, in fact. Yeah, exactly. It's like, listen, um, I like Rocky, right? I've always thought that Romero was fun in the ring. I don't mind him getting some spots. But Danielson's selling for 50% of a match against somebody who has never been on AEW TV before, a week before he's competing for the number one contendership against Miro. It's just... Yeah. 
dumb. Some of these booking decisions just need to be tightened up a little bit, you know, like instead of a 50, 50 match, it should be, you know, you, you could have went out here and you could have had a good solid 10 minute match. That was 60, 40 Danielson. And that way you still give Romero a few spots to shine. Right. And impress people. But Danielson looks strong. And it, as you know, when he's selling for 50% of the match against somebody, the size and, you know, frankly, fame of a Rocky Romero, it's not a good look. I agree. I agree. And, and what's this got to do with the pay-per-view anyway? Yeah. I mean, you need to be booking towards something. And if you, if you, if you ever find yourself in a wrestling show and you're, and, and you have that question, what are we doing to book towards the major show right now? If the answer is nothing, fix it like right now, do something else so that you are booking towards the show. Because Chris, I'll be honest, man, this didn't feel like a go home show. A B it felt like more of a dark episode to me, to be honest with you, than a dynamite. Am I wrong in saying that? No. And I've seen a few people who have commented that they almost fell asleep this week mm. during, during dynamite so i don't know if um you know we'll 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 get into it um later about uh about rampage maybe they were just planning on booking rampage as the go home show um but, but i don't know i i sketchy chris <laughs> it's a bit sketchy and you know what i'm i'm honestly a little nervous about here jimmy i'm nervous that they've already outstretched themselves and already done the thunder problem where like it's if you ask Eric wrong, Bischoff what killed WCW, he will always say Thunder and the third hour of Nitro. And like no booking decisions, no nothing. You you talk to him about literally anything and he's just like, look, that was bad, but we could have survived it if I had a two hour show to run. That's you know? true, man. We it's could have survived the finger poke of doom if I had a if I had a tight two hours to write wrestling. But I had two, but I had two hours and then I got and then I got another hour tagged on and then I got a whole nother two hour show that I've got a that I've got a book. And what that does is it stretches your your audience to the point where it's too thin. And it feels a little bit like that might be some something that's happening with AEW because Dynamite's numbers are not improving. Like they're actually no, they're getting not. worse. No, you're right. And, and Rampage went from a little over a million. Right. When when Punk debuted. To now they're at about a half million. Which is about right, yeah. So I don't know if that's what happened, if they've just stretched their audience into two different nights or so, but I don't like it and I don't like the optics of it. It looks it looks shaky right now, which is kind of scary. Well, see, and I'm glad you said that because this is my issue. Didn't TK say that Rampage was supposed to be the show? that uh was like a big deal especially as a go-home show that's how it was that's how it was you know that's how it was sold was that it's going to be you know just an hour but it's the big it's 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 going to be big matches and big names and big 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 and i mean this week like the main event is a lumberjack match between orange cassidy and matt hardy (laughs) and who gives a fuck who gives a fuck and we'll get to that because Really, we should have a breeze of a, of a carnage coming up later on tonight. But in mm. saying that, <laughs> this dynamite was just underwhelming. You know, from I mean, there was a few good things, like like we said, but it just for a go home show for a, such a big show, I would have hoped 
We had a segment with Miro and Danielson, which we didn't get. You know what I mean? Well, other than that little vignette, right? Big deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't get shit, dude. I mean, and even like Punk and uh, Kingston, what, we saw a little schmoz in the back? Big, big deal. You know what I mean? Or was that on Rampage? I don't know, man. I'm confused, right? But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what show it was on, but all I know is... It was on this show. It was on this one. It was on Dynamite? All right. Well, big deal. But anyway, continue, Chris. Like I said, I'm getting a bit too far away there, but yeah. No, no, I, I totally hear what you're saying, and I agree with you that it's... They're not putting enough attention on this show, and they're putting almost... It's like they're putting all their attention over on the other show, but the other show is by definition, the B show like dynamite's a two hour show. Rampage is one hour. So you, you should be trying to get people more towards your major two hour show. You're going to sell, like you're going to sell more, more time slots for commercials there. Anyway, I don't like even a business, even from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense, but right. And it makes more sense to be doing it on dynamite, everything, right? It's weird, man. I still believe, look, right now, I don't think it's it's becoming the thunder effect. Don't get me wrong, right? You're right. But because it's still one hour, I think they're all right, right? So they're lucky they've only got that extra hour. But I do strongly believe it's going to become two hours. By, by 2022, midway 2022, I bet you we're going to have a two-hour rampage. Because in many ways, I feel like they need that extra hour too. I know that sounds crazy after what we just spoke about, but if they're going to have such a roster with so many guys and they want to showcase all these people, well, TK, why are you showcasing a lot of the young talent a week before or two days before or a day before a major pay-per-view? does not make sense. Yeah, I mean, he's trying. I know he's trying to walk a line. He's trying to make sure that, you know, guys like a Dante Martin and a... Aria Davari, um, get time on TV, uh, you know, before the major show, but it's the wrong, it's the wrong way to book. I mean, look like when you, when you tune into like the, the UFC previews, right. They don't waste time talking about the first guys opening the card. They just, they don't even bother wasting their time. Right. No, like, you they, right. like, you know, if you're a big enough fan, you know who those guys are and you're excited to watch them fight. And sometimes the undercard can be better than the actual main, main, main card. Right. But when you tune into the UFC uh, pay-per-view previews, they, they heavily preview the top three matches that you're going to watch. And that's all they focus on. It's the top three matches. That's it. And you get a solid hour of, pre-fight hype and interviews and interaction and backstage and what was the way in like, and et cetera. Like that's what a rampage should be the night before a pay-per-view it, it, you know, if you want to have a match on there, that's fine. And have it be a good, like solid 20 minute wrestling match. That's good. But in, you know, in between all that, spend some money, produce some really good video packages, you know, think, Brett versus Sean before WrestleMania 11. You know what I mean? Think, um, I mean, think rock Austin, you know, the, the my way video, right? Like yeah, there's was, lots of brilliant luck package that probably one of the best ever. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to look to and there's, I mean, that's just two examples. There's things from the eighties you can look to. There's, there's video packages from, you know, 
this year, last year, you know, the last couple of the last decade, you can see lots of really cool video packages um, that get people's attention. That's what you should be doing on the go home show before a pay-per-view. 100% Chris, that was perfectly put. And man, I couldn't put it any better than what you just said. You, you're right. Yeah. So anyway, Danielson wins with a, with the tequila sunrise submission. Uh, it was nice to see that get a win. I haven't, yeah. you know, yeah. I haven't seen that beat anybody in a long time. Maybe next <laughs> he'll shock the entire world and win with a fucking sharpshooter or something <laughs> ridiculous. Um, Anyway, good match, wrong booking, um, but still a good match. So I, I'm not going to hate on it too much, but just, you know, tighten it up. Um, the inner circle come out. Uh, they make an entrance. They're coming out to talk to Tony Schiavone. And I was already rolling my eyes at this because they're standing out there on the ramp and it's dun, 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 Oh man, I'm so yeah. sick of everybody singing the damn song. I'm, I'm over it. I honestly kind of want to make a sign for tomorrow night that <laughs> just says, I won't sing Judas. <laughs> and I'm Canadian. Yeah, Canadian won't <laughs> sing Judas <laughs> yeah, and just hold it up. It's shit face. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking yeah. everybody in that arena would just be staring daggers at me. I really don't want 15,000 people looking at me like they want to kill me. Oh, uh, man. Do you think there'll be just as many Canadians over the border in Minnesota than there is, like, Minnesotians? No. Um, there will be a few Canadians because, I mean, Canadian sports fans are fucking nuts about what they like. Um, but, like, where I live is very small. Like, the whole area of northwestern Ontario has probably about 50,000 people. And I would say that wrestling is not a big deal where I'm from in Canada. Like it just isn't in the really? prairies. It's bigger. Yeah. Once you get into Winnipeg, it starts to become more of a big thing. And in the prairies, it's big. And then once you go further East into Toronto and Quebec, it's big again. But where I'm from in Northwest Ontario, above Minneapolis, like above Minnesota, it's just hockey. It's just really? hockey, hockey, hockey. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I mean, shit, like, dude, you live in the middle of the beautiful Canadian wilderness, bro. I mean, it's pretty cool, man. And I know, you know, obviously our listeners don't know what it's like where you are, but you've, you know, you showed me around, gave me a little tour, man. And it's pretty crazy, man. It's exactly, it's a postcard, dude. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Especially on Thanks, your family's man. property, bro. I mean, and your property. <laughs> Jeez. Who's got a lake yeah. in their freaking front yard, for Christ's sake? I mean, I don't. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That was a good one. So please continue. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. So luckily for us, top team jumps them. Um, Whoopee. Top team basically beats everybody up. Lambert with a weak as fuck power bomb through the table <laughs> on Jericho. Um, this suffered from the exact same thing that every other segment of this has suffered from for me it, it just everything that they do takes way too fucking long um yeah it's true. i don't it's mind this program i don't mind it either but you're right they do take long and it feels like every segment's kind of the same every week yeah it's fat face dipshit <laughs> yeah. ha 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 page van zant wants to fuck everybody um you know 
Junior laughing at the crowd. And, and uh, I just sitting there like thinking he's big and tough. Yeah, honestly, I like I and I'm I'm here for it. Like if if you know, <laughs> if if Junior and Arlovsky both want to get into pro wrestling, I'm down for that. They're both probably finished their MMA careers at a top level. That's mm. fine. You know, they want to get into still doesn't have a bit of juice in 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 the UFC and MMA in general. He's still got something, but if he can make a if he can make a reasonable amount of money doing wrestling instead, yeah, why I say go yeah, for it. No, nobody's gonna break your fucking nose in wrestling. Not well, <clears throat> unless you're well, Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just nobody wrestles Seth Rollins. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, but now you're right, man, and uh... the IWC just exploded. What? <laughs> Yeah, well, fuck Seth Rollins. Anyway, look, let's not go there. But um, I just want to say, Honestly, Chris, if Bret Hart says you're unsafe, you're unsafe. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, look at John Cena's nose and look at uh, Sting's neck. And Cheers, just motherfuckers. Look, yeah, and just look at what happened to Finn Bella on his first uh, Universal title fucking win. And then saying. he's never been back there since. So <laughs> thanks, Seth. Thanks, Seth. Anyway, yeah. I just want to Thanks for this. all you've done for Irish superstars. <laughs> anyway, I just want to say, Chris, uh, I'm going to do an impromptu break. But I just want to say, man, because I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if you can hear the background, so sorry about that. But the Professor Travella Vera Cruz is coming back exclusively here on the PWC Network and on the Skirmish and as a sideshow. The professor's perspective. So, in the middle of our show, we're going to have the professor just come right on in and give his perspective right here on the PWC network. So, as we go on the break, our listeners are going to hear the professor himself, Chavela Vera Cruz, on the perspective. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That's awesome, dude. So, we'll be right back right after the professor. <laughs>
What is going on there to all the PWCites? What is going on there to all the hustleites out there on the Podbeam streams? This is a sneak peek. Yes, this is the return of something that I haven't done in a while. And you know what? It's like riding a bike. Do I have the legs for it? Hell yeah, I do. And welcome. If you've never heard of it before, you are going to be hearing it for the for the time being and for the weeks and months to come because it is back. It is infamous and yet it is so magnanimous and yet it is also so glorious. It is the professor's perspective back in your ear holes here on the Pro Wrestling Coalition Networks, here on the PWS Networks at Pybeam.com. And I am that man, the Professor Chabel Cruz, the only objective man in the IWC, YWC, the only objective man in this podcast punditry, here to give you a perspective that does not, you know, hold no punches, that is always going to give it to you right down the middle, daddy, just like Bill Alfonso has always said. This is not pro-WWE, this is not pro-AEW, this is not pro-New Japan, pro-Impact, or none of that. This is the professor's perspective. Because a lot of people out there on the podcast, punditry circuit, you know, you can hear it in their voices. You can hear some disdains for certain organizations. You can hear them shill for other organizations. You don't get that with the professor. While some people accuse the professor of being called a WWE shill. No, 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 no. I calls it likes I sees it. And for the PWCIs out here on the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network, I am giving you a sneak peek at what the professor's perspective is all about. I am giving you just a little sampling. Think of it like a like an early Thanksgiving feast. Think of it like an early Christmas person. What I promised Jimmy T. What I promised Chris Hambones. What I promised all the hustleites. Who remembers the professor's perspective? You will get it right here, right now. And with that, let's start this sneak preview. Let's call it episode 1A. Because I don't know where we're going to go with this. But you know what? The professor's perspective is always about the news of certain things going on in the world of professional wrestling. And for this sneak peek of the professor's perspective, I want to at least take a little bit, you know, a couple of days back. I want to talk about two little things here to give you, to keep your mouth wet, so to speak, to keep the appetite moist for you wanting more of the perspective. So let's talk about the first thing that has happened in the world of professional wrestling. And we have to go with the WWE. The latest round of these WWE releases. And I don't need to go into detail about who is who, you know, who got released and all that stuff. But I will talk about a certain couple of people here that were released that might have been a shock to some people. But then, you know, if you look at it from the eyes of corporate America, if you look at it from the eyes of the of the employer, not the employee, I'm not here to say I'm taking their side, but you can understand what is going on and why they had to do their things. So let's go from the corporate perspective, so to speak. Now, the WWE 
has been affected in their business operations since the start of the COVID pandemic. You know, a lot of people always want to talk about, you know, their quarterly reports. They want to always, you know, the dirt sheets always talk about how much WWE has made, the profit margins and all this stuff, what they made in comparison from like, let's say 2020 to 2020 wonder. But there is a little caveat to that. And that's where the releases come into play because from 2019 to 2021, you know, the WWE has let go in excess of 100 or so people and change. Whether it's wrestlers, referees, people in the corporate offices, that number has expanded over 100 strong. And you know what? I'm not here to, you know, to... To, to make fun of people who losing their job and their livelihoods. We always hope that people bounce back, rebound, you know, go to other bigger, better ventures and all that stuff. But you know what? The WWE has been affected because of the COVID pandemic. They have been affected because of the emergence and the existence of all elite wrestling. Now, before the COVID pandemic, before all elite wrestling in 2019, let's remember WWE's business operations. Let's remember the, you know, the ventures that WWE was going into. Now, if we remember, just like, we could start even by 2014. Now, let's really think about this. Because now you'll, you will understand why a lot of people have been released in such a short amount of time. Now, remember in 2014, what happened in, in the business ventures of WWE? They introduced something to the masses. They introduced something to the supposed WWE universe. And that was the WWE Network. It was Vince McMahon's plan to like make Netflix for wrestling fans, you could say. To go into the, con- to the digital content platforms. Because let me just say it like this. Digital content, digital streaming. Is like cryptocurrency to a lot of people right now. You know, a lot of people don't understand this. And a lot of people like to put a bottom line into digital content. But the valuation of digital content has made WWE, you know, the brand itself exponentially higher in terms of valuations. Whether it's YouTube, whether it's the television deals that they have all around the world, Mm -hmm. it is... The valuation of digital content. This is what WWE sells to its business partners. This is what WWE uses to sell for sponsorships, to sell for marketing partnerships and all that stuff. If you don't understand the digital content, really look into that venture. But anyway, I don't want to veer off a little bit. But from 2014 where they were going with WWE Network and think about this. A lot of people were upset at WWE in the mid-2010s when they were signing a lot of people for the NXT brands. They were, you know, they were blaming WWE for killing the British wrestling scene. And the results are there because there is the NXT UK brand, so to speak. But let's talk about NXT. Remember, in the mid-2010s, there was a plan for the expansion of WWE 
thanks to NXT. They were going to do NXT Mexico. They were going to do NXT Canada. They were going to do NXT China, NXT Japan. You get that. But guess what, people? That's costly. The expenditures are so costly that they were losing money year after year. People don't want to talk about that. From 2014 to 20, let's say 2019, in that five-year span, they were losing money thanks to, you know, shifting their operating income towards the WWE Network. They were losing money every year thanks to to Triple H's baby, so to speak, NXT, touring and all that stuff. It was a money loser. It's there in the quarterly reports if y'all really look at it. So after all these years of losing money in certain ventures, all the people want to talk about is the profit margins or people want to talk about, you know, what was different between, you know, you know, from like, let's say 2015 to 2016, how WWE made maybe let's say 200 million in comparison to 199. Yeah, but think about that number. You made one million dollar more. That's not a big jump. In terms of stockholders, that's not a big jump in terms of profit margins. It is, it is a net positive, but you get where I'm going with it. The expenditures were so insurmountable that they were, it, it was going to catch up to them no matter what. So, you know, by the time we get to 2019, you have to understand all this money losses, all these expenditures, the touring. Remember, they were not selling out, you could say. There was low attendance when they were touring across the country. So what happened was a godsend with the COVID pandemic. They were forced to stop the touring. In a sense, they were in a stationary place for an exorbitant amount of time so they can make a good profit for the year of 2020. And think about that. Because of what happened with with COVID pan, with the COVID pandemic, they can make a little bit of a, of a profit margin thanks to their television deals. But what happens is because of no touring, because of what they had to say, they were saving because they didn't have to take the production trucks across the country and across the world. But with that being said, they were going to have to make some budget cuts no matter what. So since 2019, you know, they used to do a lot of cuts every, you know, a month after WrestleMania. It was that budget cut day. It was nothing new. But guess what? WWE and the implementation of the Nick Khan regime, this man, call him a, a shrewd businessman. Call him a tyrant. Call him what you want. But Vince McMahon hired him for one purpose and one purpose only. And that was to slash costs. And that was not to put the WWE in the red and make the cuts that were necessary. So Nick Khan is doing what he's been, he's being paid to do. He's got stockholder shares of WWE and he's earning it probably in Vince McMahon's eyes. But in the process, he has, WWE has let go a lot of talent. So I'm not going to go into, you know, I'm not going to go into a three year spring of all the releases, but let's at least talk about a couple of releases that has just happened recently. Now, again, do I validate these releases? I'm not validating them. 
But I want you to, you know, there's a hindsight to a lot of things. Let's look at one example of that. And that's the man that, that has been called Bearcat Keith Lee. Now, for all the IWC, YWC people out there, they're already saying that Mr. McMahon is, you know, past his prime. He's out of touch, out of, you know, he has, he's stuck in the 70s, maybe the 80s or whatever. Keith Lee, the limited, limitless one, you know, had all the potential in the world. But you know what? Here's where WWE, Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, and Bruce Pritchard are looking at this. And there's only one factor. And I'm not saying I, I agree with it, but I understand it. Now, Keith Lee, why would you keep him on the payroll if he is a health risk? And again, let me just explain myself because I'm not validating what Vince McMahon did. But I want to at least say this. Keith Lee battled COVID and battled COVID complications. Now, in the scheme of things, he should be 100% healthy and all that stuff. And God bless him. I'm glad he is back. I'm glad he's healthy. But I think from a corporate standpoint... It was, a, it was a valid cut in Vince McMahon's eyes for one reason and one reason only. Can I push a man who could suffer from lingering COVID complications? Now, there are, there are reports of people suffering long-term COVID after effects. So what if Keith Lee, hypothetically, who was going to be on the Raw brand, would have challenged Big E for the title? What if that push was going to happen, like, let's say, Raw Rumble? But then Keith Lee was not feeling good, you know, when he's torn across the country. And then you got to put up, he's got to be put on the sidelines. That is something, you cannot start, stop, start, stop a push. And that's what probably validated Keith Lee getting cut. And again, I'm not, I'm not validating it. I'm understanding it, and I understand from the, from the side of corporate America on this one. I'm, I'm sure Keith Lee will be on the independencies, maybe even AEW, to prove a lot of people wrong. Just like Daniel Bryan's proving Vince McMahon wrong, that he can still go at a pace that he's comfortable with. It's the same thing that will happen for Keith Lee. But you know what? I think Keith Lee going to AEW will be a, a less strain on his health than still being on the WWE payroll, you know, wrestling maybe four days out of the week in different cities, putting his, you know, life on the line, so to speak. So I, I wish Keith Lee the best of luck, you know, maybe in AEW, maybe in Impact Wrestling, but that's where he really needs to be anyway. And then let's go with the other one. That, you know, the funny thing is, again, the IWC, YWC says that, that w, you know, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are out of touch. And his name is Karrion Cross, or really, Killer Cross. Now, Killer Cross is a funny one here because, you know, the professor did see Killer Cross in, in his youngum days, you could say. I saw the untapped potential of Killer Cross years before anybody, especially in the PW Hustle crew. I saw him in Las Vegas 
for the organization that never became to, that never came to fruition in Global Force Wrestling. Jeff Jarrett had eyes on this guy. Just like Jeff Jarrett had eyes on AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode when he put TNA on the map. When if Global Force was going to be on the map, you knew I knew that Killer Cross was one of those let's say pillars that was going to be on the Global Force organization, but it never came to pass. But the funny thing about Killer Cross and the validation of him being cut I don't know how old he is, but I think he's in his mid-30s. But that's, that's neither here nor there. I, I'm not into this age thing right now with WWE. I kind of disagree with that one. That's kind of stupid. If you can go, you can go. And medicine, you know, sports medicine today can make a guy in his, you know, in his late 30s to early 40s, technically in, in, the, in the world of professional wrestling, be at their prime. But again, that's another story for another day. But I want to go back to Karrion Cross, And the reason why the professor has no problem with Karrion Cross or Killer Cross being cut from WWE is one thing. He was doomed after Adam Cole burying him on TV. Oh, we don't want... Do we want to talk about that, PWCites? Do we want to talk about that, Hustleites? I mean... People keep talking about the, the gear that he was wearing and the gimmicks that were being changed. But you know what the professor wants to focus on? Adam Cole ruined him. And he ruined him for the IWC, YWC. But people don't want to talk about that. Adam Cole on national TV said that he was all about the entrance and all about the, the politics that everybody wanted to, you know, push him to the moon. He basically put out all his weaknesses on national television and exploited Karrion Cross for, you know, for being, you know, the fake that he is, you could say, in Adam Cole's eyes. And you know what that promo did? It put a lot of doubt in a lot of IWC, YWC people's, you know, eyes. And it doesn't matter because after all those main events that somehow people don't watch, but then they were really like, you know, they were really paying attention to Karrion Cross's main event matches. And they were noticing there was no Scarlet, no nothing. There was no Scarlet. The, the, mu the, the entrance music was, you know, very humdrum. He was, everything was taken away from him and all that stuff. But again... He was destroyed by Adam Cole. And it didn't matter. All, this, all the shortcomings that were happening after the fact. He was, he was going to be pushed to the moon regardless before that promo. After the promo, everything just came crumbling down. Now, whether he has an attitude backstage, that's, that's again a he said, she said type of uh, situation. But if it is having an attitude, you know, he's not alone in this. I think, again, when it comes to the IWC, YWC, when it comes to the gener this generations of wrestlers and wrestling fans, you know, people having an attitude and people, you know, using social media in certain instances to gr air out the grievances, 
you know, this is what, what Jim Cornette always talks about. This is what, you know, Dutch Mantel would talk about. This is what the professor keeps talking about. The nuances of professional wrestling, trying to keep certain things, you know, from the fans. Sometimes the fans don't need to interject certain things that are going on within the business. You realize if Twitter was around back in, you know, back in the 80s when the four horsemen were running strong, you know how many people would have been complaining and then revolting against the against the four horsemen because they were stealing the spotlight from many people? You understand what fans interjecting their own opinions does to professional wrestling? Social media is the cancer of professional wrestling. This is also what brings down professional wrestling in terms of viewerships, in terms of fandom and all that stuff. Because there's a lot of know-it-alls. And the professor, hey, I'm a know-it-all myself too. But you know what? I'm a realist. Am I part of the problem? I could be because I'm interjecting my opinion too. But as far as carrying across his attitude, supposedly, I could see it. I can see that he was pissed off by Adam Cole's uh, promo. I can see that maybe, you know, after that promo, he was he was going backstage, talking to Triple H, talking to Shawn Michaels, trying to play politics. But you know what? You can't play politics against someone that Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels like, too. So he was already doomed to fail. And he got he got exposed and he had to be sacrificed, just like his girl. Scarlet was sacrificed too. And what's going to happen to them? You know what? If I was carrying cross, if I was Scarlet, I'd go back to Mexico, AAA, they can be a package deal. Or if you want to stay in America, I know he has some he had a shaky relationship with Impact Wrestling and Anthem. I would I would, you know, I think Court Bauer and MLW should pick up that phone and call both of them because, you know what, Azteca Underground, Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, and Scarlet, and then you got Mil Muertes and uh, Carly Perez. That would be something. That's That would be some interesting MLW matches over there. Or Cross versus Jacob Fatu, Cross versus Hammerstone. I don't know. Hustleites, I don't know PWCites, but you know what? I think Cross and MLW is a match made in heaven, in the professor's humble opinion. And one more release before we get to the to the other part of this professor's perspective. I want to talk about Nia Jax. Now, this one is more about karma for the fans and not about Nia Jax. Now, if Nia Jax has a stance about, you know, not wanting to take the vaccine shot. You know what? She's an American. That's her right. But WWE is a corporation. And they have their right to impose the mandate that is necessary for them to keep their business going. And for being a business that tours across the country. And for being a business that tours around the world. You got to take a shot so you can get out of the country. You got to take a shot. So this way, you know, you can go from, you know, America to United Kingdom, America to China, America to Japan, America to Canada, America to Mexico. WWE is going across the world a little, little bit here and there. And if Nia Jax does not want to be vaxxed and not 
you know, be a, let's say, a publicity, a publicity, a public relations ambassador for the WWE in terms of not, not only wrestling, but making television appearances all across the world, then what good are you for? You're no different than anybody else. So in that instance, she deserves to get released if she does not want to be vaxxed. But for fans who kept going after Nia Jax for being, you know, very stiff in the ring, for being very reckless in the ring, hurting people like Charlotte, Alexa Bliss, I think she hurt Ronda Rousey. I think she even hurt a maybe a what was her name? What whoever. Every woman's wrestling WWE whoever faced Nia Jax came back a little bit hurt and a little bit worse for wear. And they they she was a staple of WWE botches on Twitter. So if they let her go and she was reckless from jump why do you all care now? That's almost like karma too. Ain't no big thing. Now, where, now Nia Jax, where can she go? Well, first of all, she can't take that name with her. I, don't, I see people would say AEW. So it would be Nia Jax against Nyla Rose. But I think she would be more, uh, it would be more productive for her to go to Impact Wrestling. I think they need Nia Jax to rule that organization in impact to build that legacy of a knockout. Nia Jax would be perfect for impact wrestling. That's just an opinion from the professor himself. And now, before we, you know, close out this sneak preview of the professor's perspective here on the PwC Networks, I want to talk about the ratings. You know, the ratings you know, everybody in the IWC, YWC, somehow, some way, feels like they have worked at a television network and they know the ratings backwards and forwards. But you know what the funny thing is? You only know the ratings or you only spin the ratings to fit your narrative. Whether you're a WWE shill or an AEW shill, and that's really where I'm going with this. Now, in terms of ratings, I'm going to try to abbreviate it because, you know, when the professor's perspective will be, you know, going full, full steam ahead, so to speak, I'll talk about the ratings a little bit more in depth. But I just want to say one thing here. You can ask Billy Ray Valentine. You can ask 8-Track Brown, the dirtiest of the city. Before AEW was a thing, the professor was talking about the demos before the demos were actually a thing. Just like I said, Ring of Honor was a bitch boy jobber promotion. The professor was talking about those demos first. And the reason I talked about the demos, and I only abbreviated this once, before AEW was a thing, Monday Night Raw, and you could check the stats, has been top 10 in the demos consistently for the past 20 years, PWCites, the past 20 years, Hustleites. Now, remember, I'm saying demos, top 10 in demos. I have not said they have been the top 10 show of the week. I've never said that Raw was the top 10 show of the night, 
Because sometimes it was. Most times it has never been. And it hasn't been for the last 20 years. So with that being said, PWCites, you got to understand the demo argument is very convoluted and complicated when you talk about dynamite. Demos is a key thing in terms of advertisement, in terms of sponsorships, in terms of network valuations for shows. But you still need total viewerships to increase the valuation of the show. So with Raw always having maybe one point, you know, averaging 1.5 million viewers and up, you can then make a better valuation of the show itself when it comes to the demos. Now, in terms of Dynamite, the demos, hey, they are top 10 every Wednesday since its inception. And Rampage, it's a top 10 demo grabber too. But you know what the funny thing is? In terms of valuation of the show, it's a smaller metric to measure. When Dynamite has 800,000 or 900,000 viewers for Wednesday and a top 10 demo, in comparison to, let's say, NBA, who can draw 2 million viewers on a Wednesday night game and have a higher demo, you see where I'm going with? The valuation is different. Measure, the, the metric measuring of a total viewership of AEW is way different with a smaller total viewership. Again, it's so convoluted and complicated. But I just want to point that out before we even talk, before we even get into like, you know, head to heads and all this stuff. We're not even there yet. But let's just say this in closing. Demos are measured daily, not weekly. So for anybody who uses the dirt sheets to talk about the difference between dynamite ratings and raw ratings, it's completely unfounded and it's really stupid on your part to even use that. And with that, class is dismissed on this sneak peek of the professor's perspective here on the PwC Networks, here at the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network at Pawbeam.com. And of course, subscribe to my network at the PWSO Networks at Pawbeam.com, where you can always hear the nostalgic machine that is known as the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast, the PWR Podcast with myself and Tommy Wonder. And if you want to, you know, Talk with the professor. Leave comments for the professor's perspective. Leave like little insights that you want me to talk about on the professor's perspective. Hit up my Twitter at PWHustleProf. That's PWHustleProf. And with that, I just want to say good night. And I will see you next time here on the professor's perspective. See you later, PWCIT. And we're back. Uh, thank you to the professor for uh, the professor's perspective. Um, as always, insightful, funny, wonderful, 
uh, we're happy he's back and we're super blessed to have him on our show coming back. So thanks, thanks, Prof. Absolutely. Thank you, Prof. All right. Um, well, also back from break uh, is the AEW show here. Uh, Britt Baker, Rebel and Hater versus Ty Conti, Anna J and Thunder Rosa. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this is a piss break. And uh, it pains me to say that when Thunder Rosa is in a match because I straight up fucking love Thunder Rosa. I am following all of 19 people on Twitter and Thunder Rosa is one of them. I love Thunder Rosa. This match was fucking bad, dude. Like real, (laughs) real bad. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Although Anna Jay has improved in the ring. I'll give her that. I mean, she was doing some great suplexes. By her standards, that is. That doesn't mean it was great, though. But I'm just saying they were pretty decent. Yeah, she's... Yes, and she's one of these people who has some talent. Here's the thing, though, Jimmy. I'm old enough to remember uh, a time when we didn't actually watch people go through wrestling school on live TV. People went to wrestling school, and then they got ready for prime time. And then eventually they came up and they and they were on TV. And by the time they got to TV, they were actually ready for TV. Yep. Remember That's that? Cool. I remember that. That was fun. That was very fun. Um, yeah. Anna Jay needs probably another year or two of like solid three times a week in-ring like action. Honestly, she needs that for the next couple of years. And then she might be a pretty good talent, but she's got to get the reps in. And right now she's coming out there. She's still tripping over herself. (laughs) It did not do her any favors to be in there with fucking rebel. Um, And I don't care what anyone says. Ty Conti is not ready for a main event spot. I don't care if she's a world-class judo Olympic caliber athlete, which I don't buy really. I mean, is she, I mean, is she legit? I don't know. And I haven't seen anything to suggest that she really is this great judoku. Like, okay, show me. You keep telling me. Show me. Well, apparently they showed us in a vignette, Chris. Not that yeah. it showed us much because it was kind of blurry. It was like in the background. It probably wasn't even her. They showed that. her apply one arm bar, which I don't know if you knew this. Is not a fucking judo position. I know. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> TK. TK, I know you don't know what development means, right? <laughs> and obviously you don't know what judo is. But dude, it's called development. <laughs> Get it yeah. going. At one, at one point, everybody's in the ring just fighting everybody. And there's just people <laughs> just flying all over the fucking place. And everybody's everywhere doing everything. <laughs> JR whom I love, oh, please man, cancer. He's... Don't take Jr. Please. because I don't think I can watch AEW without Jr.'s <laughs> smart ass fucking comments. <laughs> like, Absolutely. like, so there's everybody's everywhere doing everything. And Jr. go, you hear Jr. go like just in the middle of like, everybody's <laughs> talking like, you know, you know, mask boy is fucking putting it over as the greatest thing that's ever happened since sliced bread. And Jr. just interrupts him and go, you know, a referee really needs to get uh, control of his match here. I'm like, <laughs> yes, he does. Jr. Yes, he does. Uh, you know what? I love funny, J- dude. All throughout the whole show, Jr. was fucking absolutely giving shit about any wrestler 
that wasn't wearing wrestling boots. So to all yes. the motherfuckers that were wearing tennis shoes, no. Right, no. It's professional oh, wrestling, so good. not tennis, fellas, all right, and girls. Stop with the so slap good. pads, for Christ's sake. I mean, the, the kick pads, sorry. Yeah. Uh, great. Good stuff here. Okay. But yeah, this match was hard to watch for every minute that Thunder Rosa wasn't in it, wasn't in it, but one woman can only rescue so much. This became really bad. Um, and you know, I don't care. Um, (laughs) so next up, yeah, Jimmy crack corn (laughs) and I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, next up here, we've got jungle boy versus Bowens. Um, Max Caster is fucking wonderful. I fucking love Max Caster, bro. I'm not going to lie. I'm a huge fan of his. I hate that he's not getting more of an opportunity. I'm glad you like him too because I really think highly of him. I'm not going to lie. And his raps are fucking funny. Come on, dude. All right. Try this one on for size. This one, I had to rewind this so I could get this proper. You're so progressive. I got to emphasize because you leave your girlfriend alone with seven guys. Ah, oh, that's fire, dude! Come on, come on, dude! <laughs> fucking awesome! How good was oh. that, dude? I was on the fucking floor, bro. I'm not gonna lie; I was literally rolling all over the floor. <laughs> like that was gold, Oof. man. <laughs> so good. Why is Bowen's getting all these fucking spotlights? Why isn't it Max Caster, who's clearly the superstar here? Absolutely. You know why, dude. I mean, he's got his haters out there, man. TK's obviously got his butt hurt, no pun intended, with what he said about uh, on Dark, about what's her name um, from the Olympics. Uh, fuck, I forgot her name, dude. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> remember. <Russian>. I. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can't remember what her fucking name is, but yeah, the American uh, gymnast who um, smoked weed knowing that she couldn't smoke weed and then complained because she wanted to smoke weed, even though (laughs) you knew it was against the fucking rules. What are you doing? Um, And then afterwards um, complained and said that she had mental health problems because they disqualified her from Olympic participation, even happened- though she broke the rules openly after knowing that she had broken the rules. Exactly. <clears throat> and guess what happened? He got canceled, bro. He got canceled from it. It's TK- amazing how these fucking lefties will be like, <laughs> oh, like she just wants to smoke weed. Like, even though it's against the rules, even though it's been against the rules, and even though she knows perfectly fucking well it's been against the rules, she just wants to smoke weed. Like, it's her fucking choice, man. Fuck you guys. But then every time somebody's like, hey, um, I'm not totally sure about taking this experimental drug that has only had like a year to develop, and I'm a little bit, you know, nervous about it. Those same people are like, well, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. It's like, like, fucking America, man. Get some fucking consistency, fucks. We love you, America. All right, we love you. Yeah. We, sh- we really do. But God damn it, what the fuck is this shit? And he gets cancelled, bro. He gets cancelled by TK himself, who was incompetent in the first place by not catching the edit on a pre-taped show, TK. So then you use Caster as the as the scapegoat. Really? He let it. He let it. He let it. He they let it fucking air. They didn't think it was a problem. 
there was a bunch of fucking backlash and then they reacted after the fact. Exactly. It's the same fucking thing that happened to Cornette on NWA exactly. Power. They knew what he said. They heard what he said. They thought people would just laugh or two or three people on Twitter would complain. But as soon as a hundred fucking people on Twitter complain, they think that equates to a hundred thousand real people. And it fucking doesn't. Twitter is not real life. I hate Twitter, dude. I fucking hate Twitter. I'm not going to lie. But in saying that, you can follow us at the PWC network. So just saying, you know, but I hate Twitter. Chris Sam's one. (laughs) And fuck it. At DJ Mass Effects as well. But anyway, back to the, the matter at hand. This is bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? Caster, I think, could be such a big star, man. I don't know why. I think he's got so much potential. His raps are fucking funny. He used to be cheesy at the start. And heck, if you listen to our earlier shows, you know, you know the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish, you'll we see that... We both buried him. We buried him. <laughs> we really did. We buried him. But you know what? He fucking won us over in the end, man. And I say, free Max Caster, man fucking a man i honestly think that this is the kind of this is the kind of gimmick too that could actually get over with young people (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely like my nephew right is like he's kind of like on the outskirts of being a wrestling fan right like i told you like like, yeah like i told you when uh when cm punk came back he was asking me about AEW, and i was like what the fuck i didn't even know you liked wrestling and he was like ah you know, I'm kind of like, it's not bad. It's on the like, low, low, bro. Probably he loves it, right? But he's just <laughs> on the low, low. I don't blame him, though, either. Yeah, he's probably listening right now. Like, <laughs> no, man, fucking Max Caster's great, guys. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> shout outs to Riley if you're listening. I love you, buddy. Um, <laughs> shout outs to Riley. <clears throat> but, uh, but, like, this is the kind of gimmick that could get over with young people. Like, a guy comes to the ring, he does rap disses. Like that are pretty fucking funny <laughs> on the way to the ring. Uh, this could get over. Like this could actually get over. And the crowd are laughing, dude. It, it, look, really deep down, it is over. But they're the ones, and I'm talking about AEW that that put the brakes on him. At one stage, he was getting over, yeah. And then he disappeared yeah. from Dynamite. And it's like I'm thinking, what the fuck, man? Is it hate? To appease a hundred fucking people with dyed purple hair on Twitter. I don't give a fuck seriously man and i've got like a little thing on the pwc network of the best of max caster and all these raps right and nice. it, you can actually you can actually listen to it right here on the pwc network and it's fucking funny bro i was laughing making that shit you know what i mean it was you got funny. you got to add this one to it at some point man. oh dude yeah i have to do a remix man obviously yeah for sure <sighs> definitely this deserves it by far you leave your girlfriend alone with seven guys <laughs> oh and you you hear the crowd you hear the crowd react with ooh and laughter too bro it's like yeah laughing man because it's fucking funny man and yeah it's fucking fucking, great and what did jumping jack perry do nothing oh he basically he was talking to the ref he was like he's not allowed he can't say that to me (laughs) oh man he's killed it man he's fucking funny i truly believe they don't know what he's gonna say like they probably know what he's gonna roughly say like about right but not Mm -hmm. how he's going to deliver it you know what i mean and i think their reaction is priceless bro how can they like how can they say oh you can't say anything simone biles you can't say anything about simone biles but mjf is allowed to say methany (laughs) 
Oh, I'm glad you brought it, brought that up because who was it? Early in the week, someone said that his promos kind of suck, right? And I can see where he's coming from, but who was it, man? I've gone blank. Someone came out anyway. It was something significant. I think it was, maybe it was a Bret Hart, maybe. Maybe it was Bret Hart, but don't quote me. I'm I could be wrong, right? That came out and said that MJF's promos are just crap. Anyone could kind of do that. He gets real personal. Mm-hmm. They also pointed out about how he absolutely destroyed poor little Junior Pillman. Yeah. All right, where is he now? I mean, seriously. well, and he did the same thing last week to Darby. I mean, yeah. he he told Darby, oh, yeah, he, well, because he, he said did. Darby, you're a fucking incel, which means yeah. you know you're you're celibate, not by your choice, right? Yeah. It means that no one will fuck you. And then Darby reacted with, "I'm everything you called me, Maxwell." <laughs> what? What a fucking everything doofus, he called man. you? Everything. Like, everything. <laughs> no one will fuck me. <laughs> No one wants to fuck Meth Sting. Nobody. Which isn't true, because Meth Sting could definitely fuck Pillman Jr.'s mom. (laughs) Oh, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. Don't cancel us, people. Bring it on. I, I'm I'm so fucking busy in my life. If I get canceled, it's all good, Jimmy. It's like, <laughs> if you, if you told me, if you told me, if you told me tomorrow, like, oh man, we're getting so much heat, I'd be like, Great, <laughs> we're gonna fucking turn it up now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, and fuck it, man, we will never change for anybody because what should we, man? If we can't give our opinions about just shit in general, then what's the point of living, man? You know what I mean? Seriously. This is how we came up, man. This is uh, this is what we do. Um, as far as the comments from Brett, yeah, he's right. Um, MJF doesn't do the traditional heel promo, which is, you know, as I've said before, it's that that line from Jay Z where it's, you know, um, yeah, you're shining, but the one thing you're leaving out, you're a candle in the sun, and that shit don't even out, right? <clears throat> so. As a heel, what you want to do in your promos, well, in pro wrestling in general, what you want to do is you want to basically big up your opponent and talk about why they're good, right? Why they're an important, you know, good figure. And then you talk about how you're so much better than they are, right? Because that what, what that means is that like, so you bring somebody up, right? And then you come over the top, right? So then it makes you seem like a bigger deal too, what MJF does is he just basically like he doesn't even take a shovel. He takes a fucking industrial size backhoe and just digs a fucking yeah. hole for people. Like, Absolutely. here you go, That's jump in the hole. Too. Right, exactly. Jump in the fucking hole. You know, it's not good. Um, it's too personal, too, man. That's another thing. Like, if it was Brett, he didn't like either. You know what I mean? Like, like anyone can do that shit, man. I can do that shit. You can do that shit. That doesn't. And that's why I can totally understand and agree with him because, like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, listen, it's one thing if the guys are going to get their comeuppance, right? Like I said, like, the proper way to book that angle would have been – because they, they booked it like fucking garbage afterwards. That much heat in the promo would have required some blood 
from MJF. Like they, they he should have got some color, you yeah. know, and then powdered out like, you know, with his eyes wide open and like, holy fuck, like I just got my ass beat kind of facials. That's what should have happened at the end of that promo. And you should have had like security holding back Pillman from like murdering him at that point, right? Not right. him cowering next to fucking uh Wardlow. Like you just called my mom Methany. I'm gonna fucking murder you. I don't and, care how big yeah. your fucking guy is. I'm gonna grab a fucking pipe and whack your big guy in the fucking knee. Like <laughs> somebody's getting fucking killed. You call my mom Methany? You're dead, motherfucker. And, and I just want to correct. Uh, it wasn't Bret Hart, but I was close because it was another Canadian anyway. It was Jericho that actually came out and said it. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Like, that's pretty surprising in itself. I mean, it is and it isn't. Chris is one of these guys who I think, like us, um, is just going to say what he fucking thinks. <laughs> and, like, Absolutely. if you don't like it, his reaction is basically, eat a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I mean, he's always been pretty outspoken, but I mean, especially in the last couple of years here since AEW started, he very much will just say what he thinks about the product and about people and about performances and stuff like that. He's not wrong when it comes to MJF. He does need to tighten it up. He does need to learn how to do a more traditional heel promo. Um, but there's so much raw potential there that you you can't really give up on MJF. Like, you can't. No, no, you know. absolutely. No, it's not that. It's true, but he thinks, you know, he, he can be better than that. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like can. those promos. I'm not criticizing the promos because they are. They're burned. They're stingers, bro. Oh, for but, sure. But, like, when you break it down, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's really not doing anything revolutionary. You know what I mean? It's just. No. And there's a time and a place for that promo, and it's right before a major main event or like a major spot on a pay per view, or a right? blow off, like the you know, like towards the blow off match. Yeah, right towards the, the blow off. Right. That's right. And then you let the other guy get his fucking heat back. Absolutely. The, the fact that they, the fact that they, I mean, like I said, they took out an industrial size backhoe and dug the hole for for uh, Brian Pillman Jr. And then they had him tap in the match no nope. no no that's wrong that's all wrong um oh, so yeah no i i get where jericho's coming from um anyway this match here between jungle boy and bowens uh the heel focuses on heavy strikes and keeping the baby grounded jungle boy um focuses on cool moves um he needed to be more focused on the cool moves because at one point here he's doing like chops in the corner you're an undersized baby face. One, maybe. But Don't... Well, wait a minute, Chris. He's a man now. No, he's see? still Jungle Boy. Did you see how he's got chest hair now and he's got a, a scruffy, bum fluffy beard? My 16-year-old nephew legitimately <laughs> has a bigger beard, like a more impressive beard than Jungle Boy. Well, he's trying. Come on, he's 24 years old. He's trying. Do you know how, like, I've had a fucking beard since I was 20. Like, <laughs> like I could grow a pretty decent beard at 18. Same. I could grow Jungle Boy's beard when I was, like, 14. So, <laughs> like, Dude, fuck it. When I was 17, right, I pretty much could have a whole beard. Other than, well, it was more like a neck beard. <laughs> yeah. Get it? Neck beard. 
But, yeah, but, wrestling. But, yeah. But, but but I couldn't grow a full goatee, right? And I couldn't really get the hair over here. He's got like mm. all these patches like he's fucking, like he's like 13, 14. <laughs> yeah. It's not cool. Um, 15. <laughs> yeah. So a distraction leads to a near fall. <clears throat> I got to ask, because this is something that's bothered me about AEW and, booking and since right the very beginning. <laughs> right. Does TK not understand the point of the distraction for the heel? It's like, because like, listen, it's meant to allow the face a loss, right? It, it muffles a loss for a face because the heel cheated to win, right? I see twice minimum on every AEW show I ever see a distraction cheating heel who then loses, that should not happen. You, what you're doing is you're, again, you're taking that guy who cheated and then still couldn't win. And you're just burying him under the fucking dirt. Because if he can't win, even when he cheats, he shouldn't be on TV. He's not good. And you know what else was annoying about this freaking match? Bowens was totally dominating this whole fucking match, man. The whole match. Yep. Dominant. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing in AEW now I've noticed where matches will be one-sided and that person that's you know having that one-sided match ends up losing every time. Every time. Yes. I'm yep. starting to hate this shit, man. I don't like this format of fucking matches the way they, they think. I mean, what are they thinking, dude? Because <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it either. And yeah, so there's a couple of things like we're talking about, like, okay, so the distractions should lead to more wins for the heels because that's the point of the distraction finish. Um, The baby face overcoming the distraction finish is something you do right before the pay-per-view so that you're building up, you know, Hey, like this guy isn't necessarily going to lose to the heel just because he's got, you know, outside help or it's something that, or you do the distraction finish right before the pay-per-view. And then you have the stipulation at the pay-per-view that, you know, that guy's manager isn't allowed at ringside or whatever, like just book properly for fuck's sakes. And yeah, these 90, 10 matches where the person who got 10% of the offense wins happen way too often in AEW. It's okay to do it once in a while. Um, but it happens super often. Too often. So yeah. TK, Booker of the Year, <laughs> I'm still laughing because he really doesn't have a fucking clue. No, he doesn't. Uh, Jungle Boy wins with the mouse trap. I was fine. Uh, like, I'm fine with that's the right book. Like, that's the right decision, but book this shit better. Um, Bobby Fish jumps Perry afterwards. Uh, he gets saved by Christian and Luchasaurus. Meh, I guess they're gonna have a match. I do um, like the way Bobby Fish was fucking me up, fucking him up because he's looked really good. I've actually been enjoying Bobby Fish lately in AEW, dude. And we'll get to the yes. puns shortly, but um, continue on, please. No, he's been good, like yes, real good. Really I've good. I've been impressed. Um, there's a video package for the main event at Full Gear. I don't know. I mean, what what do you say about it at this point? 
it's a little undercooked to be honest with you. Like it's going to be a good match. I'm rooting for hangman, but it is a little undercooked. Don't you think? Like I, I know they're talking about this being like a, Oh, it's a long-term it's been a long-term story, but like, I don't feel like they crescendoed this. Do you know what I mean? Like you're supposed to, when you have a long-term story, right. You have this long base, right. And then you, you build and build and build, and then you get to the crescendo where everything comes up and it's, it feels more important than it ever has. And it honestly feels less important now than it did right after Kenny and hangman broke up. Yeah, it's true. And that back then felt way more of a bigger deal than this. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like that's not, you're supposed to crescendo your story. It's supposed to come together at the, the yeah. you know, at the moment. Let's be honest. It didn't really come together really good. You know what I mean? No. Seriously. It really didn't. Although I've enjoyed the promos between the two of them. Right. I mean, it's yeah. been pretty decent. Even Hangman, he's not saying too much, but what he has said has been good. Right. I kind of like Hangman being understated and just being like, you know, like the other week where he basically held up the title and he was like, he was like, hey, Kenny, hang on real tight. You got 10 days. That and he dropped brilliant. the belt. That was it. Right. That's perfect. That's, That's perfect for Hangman. He doesn't perfect. have to go on long soliloquies. Well, you know, he's a school teacher, right? So I'm sure he, look, he speaks well, the way he talks, right? Mm -hmm. You can see he knows, you can see almost a teacher in him. He's a university teacher, mind you, actually, too which is, he's only young, dude. He's not that old. He's still in his late 20s, dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about it. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, the sky's the limit for Hangman Page, but I think, I don't know, man. Like, the fan, he's over. Like, there's something missing, though, but I don't know what it is because he really is over. You know what I mean? But I agree with you on every point. Yeah, there's right. something missing. I don't know what it is. Um... I don't, maybe it's just like, maybe I just need to see him get really fucking mad and not maybe, like, maybe cause right. I've That's seen him, cause I've is. seen him heat up before, but when he does, it almost looks like he's being silly. Yeah. You know, he see, needs to get some of that aggression where he really looks like he wants to fucking murder somebody. But see, and don't get me wrong. Cause I actually enjoy what he's doing. Like, that's the funny thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it is, and uh, and you know, you saying about the aggression, more aggressive mm -hmm. side of Hangman. That's what I was thinking as I was saying. I, I can't point it out, but in my head, mm -hmm. I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, is it the aggression? He's not showing enough. Like, it's hard. Yeah, it's 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 hard to yeah. pinpoint because I do enjoy what he's been doing though. Well, you know what it kind of reminds me of actually. It it kind of reminds me of the Big E push. Um, oh, I love Big E. I find him. I, I find him super entertaining. Um, I've always liked Big E. I've always thought, man, this guy's got a look. He's got charisma, you know. But to me, he's always been missing a seriousness that I think champions need. You, you, you like it's Colt true. Cabana can't be your world champion. Nope. I love Colt Cabana. He's funny. He's fun. You know, the house show stuff is annoying as fuck <laughs> after a while. But like, he's got his place on the card. I'm not mm. like I'm not saying there's no room for him. But wow. that's not the guy you make your world champion because he can't exude seriousness. The true, thing, like people always point to Mick Foley. Fuck that oh, man. Shit. Foley could make you think that he was gonna kill himself for, <laughs> yeah, for a fucking fuck win. Yes. Anyone that says that and it thinks otherwise is a fucking idiot. 
I don't see that with Big E. I don't see nope. that fire of 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 like you see him get kind of serious sometimes, but he just he's still silly. It's still silly when he gets kind of serious. And that's he problem. needs to he needs to have that gear where he's like, listen, I need this fucking belt. It means the world to me. I will fucking kill you at this pay-per-view. Don't laugh at me. This isn't funny. There's no more fucking pancakes coming. (laughs) I'm going to fucking kill this guy. Like, I need that gear from serious world champions. And that's the thing. I'm glad you said that because if you noticed, guys that have been winning the titles that are fucking kind of, look, they're great without the belt. It works without the belt, right? They're fucking comedy fucking bullshit, right? Whatever it is. But once they win the title, it totally exposes them. It, like, yeah. Big E, I feel like, is exposed with the belt. It's like he's a deer in the headlights in many ways. Like, whoa, like, you know what I mean? Drop that shit. You're the champion now. Fucking take it more serious, you know what I mean? I don't care if it's a work or not. It's The fact is, you're the champ. Act like yeah. one. Stop winking at the crowd. It's That's not, it. like, it's not cute. No, it's not. It's like, listen, like, you know, a, a great example is like, you know, in comic books and comic book movies, right? Uh, Deadpool often breaks the fourth wall, right? It's Too funny. I like fun. Deadpool. Yeah, it's funny, I, but... You know what? It's funny. I, I, I don't mind Deadpool because when I watch a Deadpool movie or when I listen to a dead or when I'm reading a Deadpool comic, I expect it, right? Well, I don't expect well, yeah. Wolverine to do it. I don't expect <laughs> Spider-Man to do it. I don't expect Superman or Batman to do it. You know what I mean? So when I'm, you know, like you, you want to have a comedy character who winks at you a little bit and throws pancakes. Fine. I, I don't mind that. That's cool. If, and if that's your spot, that's your spot, but you don't give that guy the fucking belt. Not if that's still what he's doing. Facts. And, and I, and I know, I, I know because I've brought this up before and people are like, Oh, you're racist. Fuck you. Oh, I'm racist. You fucking fuck. dipshits. But I'm saying the exact same <laughs> thing about fucking Adam page as I am about yeah. big E. And, and I'm a and guy who honestly, that's exactly the point. I'm a guy who honestly, one of my biggest gripes about big E being world champion is that he took it off of somebody who was a real serious fucking oh. champion, Bobby fucking Lashley. How and why? How do you take that title off of Bobby, Bobby Lashley? I want him to have a Roman Reigns run with the belt. I know, and look, I'm sure WWE will give him the belt back, you'd think, hopefully, and soon, rather than later. And that's what I'm worried about with Hangman Page. I'm worried once he gets the belt, what's it going to cowboy shares net every fucking week? Like, I don't think you can. I like with Paige, if he does win, it's it's got to be a short run. Like, yeah, I think I, he I think he beats Ken. Like, I think if he does beat Kenny, what he does is he beats Kenny at this pay per view. That's a big maybe still. I still feel, but then again, going by what happens later on, traditionally, the baby face is going to get the victory. But anyway, continue on. So, yeah, I mean. I don't know what to expect of the pay-per-view um, other than a good match. I know I'm going to get that, but um, yeah, if he does win, it's got to be, he beats Kenny um, the next night on dynamite. Kenny asks for his rematch. He beats Kenny again. And at the next pay-per-view, he drops it to um, Miro. That's like, cause See, that's what I want. Page is great chasing. He, he can't hold the belt for a lengthy time. He's not Stone Cold Steve Austin. He can't come out every single night holding the belt. It's 
it will get real bad because he's good with the understated promos, but you can't really have that like be the top of the card forever. Right. No, I agree. And that's why I look, I don't know, man. It's an interesting match in many ways for, for everything that's going to happen after that match. You know what I mean? And where we go after that. And even Miro, right? With the Miro thing, what you said, Brian Danielson against Miro is another interesting matchup at Full Gear because it's a hard one to say who's going to win. And you'd think Danielson is going to win, right? You'd think. But, but really, Miro can't lose either, in my opinion, which is a shitty matchup again for me. Okay, so it's my first time going to a live like wrestling show in North America. Um I'm a huge Danielson fan and I'm a CM Punk fan and I'm literally rooting for both of them to lose <laughs> at this pay-per-view. So I'd love for Kingston to win. I would love that, but it's eh. not going to happen, dude. You know no. it. I know it. No. You know it. Everyone knows it. You know what I mean? Speaking and that's stupid. And speaking of things everyone knows, um, coming up next here, we've got uh, um, uh, Wheeler Yuta, who is a part of the Best Friends. And taking on part of Chaos now in Japan. Yeah, taking on Wardlow. Did Wardlow so, have a disturbed... Was that disturbed singing his song, bro? I don't know. It seemed like it was some kind of a cover or something. It was some kind of band sound that like sounds disturbed, like Disturbed. Though. Right, that was weird. But anyway, go on. Okay, so it's Wardlow versus the Great Yuta. Um, like what I did there? The Great Yuta. Not the yeah. puta, not the great puta. Not the great puta, uh, the great Yuta. Um, <clears throat> Yuta does well with his speed until he slips, um, which is where Jim Ross goes, well, you know, bad <laughs> things happen when you're wrestling tennis shoes. <laughs> oh, oh Jim Ross. <laughs> oh, I fucking love you so much, bud. Um, yeah, Wardlow takes over at you after catching him. He does back-to-back power bombs, then a third, then a fourth. Uh, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. uh, the crowd keeps chanting one more time, one more time. So he does fix him up. Fuck you, Wheeler. You <laughs> I don't care if you're broken. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. It's a nice squash match here. It was whatever. Wardlow is a fucking man, dude. I, w- I want to fucking, I want to push by this guy. I know it's going to take forever, but I like Wardlow a lot, bro. I'm not going to lie. I really do think he's got a neat factor about him. He does. And you know what? It, no matter what happens with his role, where, because <clears throat> he's been kind of like pushed like oh, down yeah. the card I mean, a little bit. Well, what I mean is like, he's been pushed away from the main event scene a little bit, right? You've got MJF being like, just stand there and look pretty. Right. Right. The thing is, is that I actually think that Wardlow has really good timing and he he's does. done a really good job to not bury himself. Right. He's Cause good, like when, dude. yeah, right. Cause like when MJF said that to him, he basically made like a face, like, okay, motherfucker, I'm going to go stand in the corner and look pretty. Cause you're paying me like a son of a bitch, <laughs> but you're only going to push me so far, you know? So yeah. I think even when he's getting buried, he's got really good timing, good facials, um, yeah, I think there's a superstar there waiting to happen. Absolutely. And even when you mentioned about him getting buried, he still didn't get buried, really. <laughs> like, he managed yeah. to, I think, get over. Because I think he'd be yeah. a great baby face in the future, bro. I think he's got to run as a face. Yeah, Absolutely. probably. 
I mean, I think that once you do the breakup with him and MJF, it's got to be with him as the face chasing the chicken shit heel. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the Hardy family jumps uh, the best friends after the match. Give a fuck. Jimmy Crackhorn and... I don't care. Yeah. Uh, backstage, Kingston and Punk need to be separated. This was the <laughs> whole thing you were talking about. There was right. nothing here. It was just, it was just two grown men yelling at each other across a <laughs> parking lot while they're separated. Oh uh, man, what was what the fuck, man? This this feud, I, I guess, is a program now, right? I guess. Looks like it. A mini program, whatever you want to call this. This had mm-hmm. fucking potential. To be an absolutely killer program, right? When, when I say killer program, I mean, you could do so much week in, week out. What did we get? One promo from CM Punk that meant absolutely nothing, followed by the Kingston fucking Punk segment on Rampage last week, which was, eh, I was a bit cringing, and it wasn't bad, but... There was a lot of bad to it too at the same time. No, according to the internet, this was the best was the thing best. that's ever happened in wrestling the ever. Breast. The breast, bro. I'm telling you, the breast. This was better than the pipe bomb. This, oh, like, God. This is cringe, bro, in many ways. I'm sorry, people. I, but can I just true. say, like, I love AEW fans because y'all are fucking crazy. <laughs> like, y'all done lost your fucking minds. Like uh, they're living their own uh, little fucking universe, bro, and it's worse really than the WWE one. Yeah, it's true. It's I'm bad. sorry. I didn't say that. Bad. We love you, AEW fans. We love you. We, we do. Um, I loved um this next match uh, a lot more than I thought I was going to. Rush and Martin versus Moriarty and Seidel. I, I agree. I enjoyed this match too, man. Funny enough, this match. Started off great with the catches catch can work here. Um, Moriarty, when he's not pretending to be a cat, this kid, this kid is like solid catches catch can. Like, I think he got wow, and earned some respect because of this match. Fucking a, um, Leo with some sweet moves. He can move super well. The guy has great coordination over his body. He should be the cat, bro. He, I mean, he should be something. Um, before the break, it was all great stuff. Um, legit. Uh, back from the break, we're moving a little too quickly. I think Moriarty was getting a little bit ahead of himself. Like, he was sort of rushing things a bit. It's normal for somebody who's only been in, you know, in the wrestling game for how long is he has, has for how long he's been. Um, but yeah, he's got to slow down just a little bit. Um, Rush gets a really solid face re- face reaction, which isn't like is that what they want or isn't it? Well, I don't I, I don't thought, know what they're going for with this guy. Who's the baby face in this match? It's Seidel, right? I think. That's what I thought, but <laughs> him and Moriarty were literally getting booed. So I don't have a clue what the fuck's going on here, bro. But Leo Rush. I enjoy his in-ring work. I can't stand him as a person, though. Because I feel like he's full of excuses, full of shit, and just complains all the fucking time. 
and he's probably going to retire next week. Do you see what I mean? Exactly. No doubt. And he'll retire the week after as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Martin and Rush get the win. It was a fun match. If you're looking for just something that's a little bit of catch as catch can and a little bit of high flying. And spot uh, fest. Yeah, it's a bit of a spot fest, but everybody too sold much, no. well, too. It wasn't too. too bad. Yeah, no, no, no. It really actually wasn't yeah, there a was, spot fest. I just felt there like wasn't a lot that. of jumping straight up after getting no. super kicked with a chair in the face or anything. No, that's true. That's true. I'll take that back, man. I just wanted to say it. I just had to. But it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Totally spot on. It was actually, anyway, everything was well fucking proportioned in this match. Yeah, it was a good match. It was a good little match. Um, backstage, Miro uh, is talking to God. He's like, oh, great. I don't, I loved it. I don't know if you have heard me and are afraid of me or if you are <laughs> blessing me because you love me, but you will respect me so that I can fuck my wife. <laughs> That's not verbatim, but that's basically what he said. Yeah, I know. That's what he's implying. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say, to fuck my wife, literally. But I can't fuck my did. wife without gold. <laughs> what? Of what kind of fucking relationship it. do you guys have? Man, have you seen these two on fucking online, bro? She's ridiculous. Well, man, I'm telling you, he's not lying what he's saying, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you now, man. And good on them, man. Yeah. I mean, they're happy, bro. They seem to be madly in love with each other. I'm happy for him, man. I mean, and Miroslav, Miro, whatever you want to call him. He, 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 he's he's a star, bro. I'm sorry, I fucking man. love this gimmick. I love so it good, so much. Man. He's good. Fuck. He's great. Miro, keep doing your thing, bro. Absolutely. All right. Well, Dax Harwood versus Pac is next. Hey, it's 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 Pac. Hey, Jimmy, do you remember like a month ago when we were talking about Pac and it was like, oh, he's really good. And then I was like, yeah, he's good, but he's basically going to disappear for the next three weeks. And then he's going to come back and everybody's just going to be like, oh, there's Pac. And then we're going to pretend like Pac's the thing for a week. And then three weeks later, he's going to disappear again. And then he's going to come back. Remember when I said that like three weeks ago yeah, and then he I did do. exactly what I fucking said? Yep. <laughs> Guess what? It's Pac. That's Pac. And he's Pac back. Pac is back. <laughs> Pac is back. Right before a pay-per-view, no less. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. He's coming for that payday, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, they start off the same way that most of the matches have tonight with headlock takeovers, scissor holds, arm wrenches, uh, simple counter wrestling it was great um Brilliant both match. of these guys can work yep. yeah absolutely um there's a top rope brain buster which looked like it really fucking hurt dude um, that would fucking impress me in this match to be honest with mm -hmm. you i'll get i'm gonna give him fucking a barry horowitz pat on the back for fucking dash hardwood yeah dude hardwood I I think the other one is actually the more like well-rounded potential star in FTR, but Whoa. like Harwood was fucking great here tonight. Like Harwood is the better heel of the two. I think he gets. I think that's more. right too. Yeah. You know what I mean? The other guy, yeah, I think like that's... Cash fucking Wheeler. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's uh, he's a little. I think he's 
got more of a baby face run in him, in my opinion. I think that's probably right. Um, Blanchard seems to be giving some pretty solid advice here because every time he says anything, uh, Harwood sort of gets the upper hand. Um, this like these guys had a really good match and there's, you know, Tully on the side and he's just giving little pieces of advice or like there's one moment where he just kind of tugs Harwood just slightly out of the way from a corner attack. Right. TK, if you're listening, this is why you don't overbook clusterfuck segments like what happened with Cody last week, where it was just this guy's in and then this guy's in and then this guy's in and then that guy's in and then this guy's here and then that guy's here and the crowd comes in and the ref isn't there and the and the and TK comes out and nobody's there and he wants and and oh, like, don't worry, we, we will get that later on in the show because you can't fucking follow anything about what's <laughs> going on. There's just so much when you've got one guy taking on another guy in a really intense competition and you have one person on the outside giving advice or making teeny tiny little changes and helps it makes so much sense from a storytelling perspective it's fucking wrestling perfection (laughs) it's true all right um pock wins and it's perfectly logical because uh dax um, like as soon as he got put into that submission, uh, he was tapping right away because he doesn't want to get damaged before the pay-per-view. Yeah, Brilliant I booking. Notice, I didn't actually notice the tap originally just quietly, but then on the replay, he tapped his head and I laughed. Yeah, he tapped like right play. away. He was like, he was like, and he was like, no, no, no. I don't even want him to fucking finish applying it. Like, get me out of here. I'm it's fine. I don't need to win. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that was good. Absolutely great booking. And you could tell these two would have fucking... I think planned out their shit immaculately. They didn't need no TK or anyone for that matter. I think you know because these two yeah. are real, two professional wrestlers that understand the way the business works. Man, yep, I agree with you. Um, anyway, uh, FTR and the House of Black attack Pac. Um, the Lucha Brothers and Cody come out to make the save. <laughs> the Lucha Brothers, seriously, literally, but uh. What the fuck was this? And why? Did you notice when the lights went out, right? Yeah. They went out for a little bit too long, I think. You know what I mean? They were out for a while. They I think that Malachi slipped. Oh, really? I, I mean, something must have happened because the lights were off for a while. And it was funny because the lights went out while the heels were beating up the face. Which is even more retarded. Why? Like... Why would Why? you bother? Like, that's a weird spot to do that. The, the lights out, lights up thing is meant to stop what's happening in the ring. And the baby face sort of like, you know. Yeah, and save whoever is getting beaten up at the time. It, it's just <laughs> a weird instead, thing. they turn off the lights just to continue to add another two guys to give a beating. <laughs> to continue yeah. giving the beating that they were already getting before the lights went out. Well, and listen, if I'm, if I'm Cody or I'm the Lucha Brothers... And I'm backstage and my friend's getting beaten up, right? At like I'm not waiting for the lights to come back on before I start running out there. Like uh, somebody turned the lights out. Uh, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna run down to the fucking ring. Geez. Like I would have made it there like within seconds if that was me. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's professional wrestling for you, Chris. I mean 
That's pro wrestling. So I guess at the pay-per-view, it's going to be Cody and Pack against Malachi. Yeah, it's going to be Cody and Plaque. Pack black blah, blah, blah. <laughs> against uh, Malachi Black, Cody and Pack against Malachi Black, <laughs> and uh, and Andrade El Idolo. Um, oh shit! Yeah, not only is this match a tongue twister, but why are we getting it? I don't know. Because <laughs> Cody why? needed a friend, and who uh, else was going to be his friend? So is At he least part of the maybe. Triangle? Now, or the square, or the rectangle. Are we getting an appearance by the square gang again, bro? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the square, the, the um, well, I mean, there's already so many fucking like, like, there's already so many fucking shape based um <laughs> things going on in AEW. There's the the inner circle, and there's the the pinnacle, which is the top of a triangle. <laughs> Um, there's the death triangle. Um, the house of black should just be called like the black box. Um, oh, he gets my mic. Oh, the uh, black just, box. I like it. The black box. <laughs> FTR should change their name to the straight line. <laughs> oh. Oh. Everything in AEW should just be about shapes. shapes. AEW should be like, you know, Sesame Street wrestling. <laughs> oh, Everything is shapes. Shit. And have Kermit the Frog as the ring announcer. Kermit the Frog. Is, well, and I, I like, I think the best ring announcer. Honestly, I think the best ring announcer for wrestling from Sesame Street would be the Count, right? Especially for like the punches in the corner. One punch, two punch, three punch, four punch, five punch, six punch, seven punch, eight punch, nine punch, ten punch. Wonderful. The count for the count, bro. That is one count, two count, three counts. Wait, that's me. Also, can we talk about the count a little bit? Like, I think that having a pimp on a on a kids TV show is a bad idea. And don't tell me that he's not a pimp. He's he's obsessed with numbers and he wears a purple cape. That man's a pimp. I'm the pimp. I don't know what you call him. The the pimp. Where's my money, bitch? One slap, two slap. Ah, ah, ah. I'm dead. Street is a bad show for television. Like it's a bad show for little kids, dude. It's just bad. You've got the pimp. You got everybody making fun of the homeless guy who lives in a trash can. Why are you such a grouch, Oscar? Because he lives in a fucking trash can, you little shit. And you're forgetting. The street dealer, bro. In Big Bird. Right. Fucking Big Bird. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Can you be my friend? 
I feel like Meth Sting should definitely be on this fucking show. <laughs> and he's, uh, incel Hi, self. kids. <laughs> I'm an incel. <laughs> Will you play with me? <laughs> I'm an incel. That means I don't do what Bert and Ernie do. Because no one will do it with me. <laughs> Rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time so much fun. All right, oh. moving on. <clears throat> oh, man, I've been laughing like that in a long time. Oh. All righty. Um, contract signing Ooh. between Omega and Paige. It's <laughs> dumb. Um, I like Don Callis... <laughs> I okay. Well, I don't know. I I'm not going to really it. talk about it. Um, Paige is dumb. He gets jumped by Don Callis, who's pretending to be the cameraman. Uh, Omega signs in Paige's blood. I don't have anything else to say about this. <laughs> I want to say I like this. It was a typical contract signing. Come on, let's be real. It was typical wrestling shenanigans right here, right? But. I actually did like the promos because obviously you didn't see the Easter eggs or hear or understand some Easter eggs in this segment, Chris. No, I got it. I, I got that he said, like, you know, I've I've always been the the second best in our tag team, but you've been the second best in in a tag team before and blah right. blah blah. Okay, yeah, I get that. I get the Kota. I get the Kota Ibushi right there. Did I say Kota like Mitsubishi? I mean Kota Ibushi, right? <laughs> Um, but uh, but also before we we actually failed to mention, but I'll mention it quickly now. All the undisputed era fucking uh, jabs, if you know what I'm saying. Did yeah, you know I mean they did. Era? <laughs> they did a bunch of that to uh, last or yeah on Dynamite. They did a bunch of it on. Uh, well, we'll talk about it later too. They do a bunch of it in Rampage, yeah, Rampage. too. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of like jabs towards it and um, little subtle hints. I mean, if I'm Kyle O'Reilly, I'm there when my contract is up, right? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm straight away there. I'm like, pew, out of there. Out of the north, straight to the south in Jacksonville. And maybe it's just me, but really, it feels like Adam Cole has become, like, nothing in AEW. Like, he's now in he? the Brandon Cutler role. Like he's standing beside the young bucks and he's like, he's their he's, he's like, he's their guy protecting them. I don't understand what he's doing there. Um, also, I would really like to see a Brandon Cutler uh, face run in AEW oh, just so we can get an entire arena yelling, let's go, Brandon. I would, I would <laughs> kill. I would murder someone for a Brandon Cutler face turn right now. Please TK, please. Can we get an AEW chant of let's go, Brandon. <laughs> uh, if I can be serious for a minute, Chris, no. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. Come no. on. Even I will cheer for him if I can oh. cheer. If I can chant, "Let's go, Brandon!" at the top of my lungs. God, what are you doing to me, Chris? Come on now, man. But back uh, to this uh, contract signing. Obviously, with the ending of this shit, right? And, and the cheesiest part was Don Callis really coming in, man, because. As good as he is on the mic, right? He comes mm -hmm. across as a real cheesy dude, man. 
He's cheesy. He's definitely like, a cheesy heel. You know what I mean? He's always been that. That's just him as a person. He's not trying to be cheesy, I don't believe. That's just him, you know what I mean? And, like, he's a little bit, uh... He needs to be more cutting edge, I think, man. Does that make any sense? He's teaching yeah. stuck in the 90s type of... Uh, if I can be frank, I, I think that everything about Kenny Omega, the current like iteration of Kenny Omega, is stuck in the 70s. <laughs> He's trying to be Ric Flair. Like, I thought he was Triple H. Well, but I mean, Triple H was they're... just trying to be Ric Flair. Like, oh, yeah. When you put a lock the... down, that's, there's a lot of truth to that. That's true. I, like I don't I, I'm not I'm not saying that's wrong I think that's probably accurate he is trying to do the Triple H but I mean the Triple H thing was lame <laughs> like, it I wasn't a money drawing act oh oh look man I'm not gonna lie I was a big Hunter fan dude I really was right I don't like him, I love but... Hunter I no. love Hunter I think he's one of the best you know B or C guys that you could possibly Ooh. ever have See? no I mean I I, listen, oh, I think on. he's a B or C guy. I don't think <laughs> like, okay, when in his career was he actually the B? Was he actually the number two in a company? Number two? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of times. I mean, what about when uh, he was chasing the title? I mean, him and Mick Foley. When he was chasing the title. Mick and Foley, When Mick Foley and himself were on top, there's your mm -hmm. one and two, I think. No. No, because Rock was still act was still active at the time, or Steve Austin was still active at the time. Oh, There's wait, no wait, way wait, he wait, was when one you say or two. One and two. Are we talking about in draws now, like drawing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yep. yeah. Then you're right. That's true. But I'm talking about perception wise in the company and what the company mm -hmm. was doing. There was times he was clearly the number two, and pro possibly even the number one heel in the company at some stages. Yeah, but I mean, even when he was there. No one felt like he belonged to be there. So, like you, oh. you look back at like his oh, his man. reign of terror where he had the oh, shovel, yeah, right? Yeah. His his reign on. of terror right. where he had the shovel, right? Um, people were already like, you know, Batista should be there. People were already clamoring That's for true. Batista to be to be ahead of and him. They Booker were already T. clamoring for Booker T to take the win. They were already, and I mean, that's one of the worst booking decisions of all oh, time yeah. in professional wrestling. That like that whole like. Honestly, you want to talk about racism in wrestling? That was fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous, man. This that guy, be... this motherfucker said, people like you don't win over people like me at WrestleMania. And then he went out there and after a 14 second fucking gap, pinned him after the pedigree. Yeah. What the fuck? <clears throat> That's pretty bad, man. That is pretty bad. But you know what? Booker T didn't think it was racist. That's cool. I mean, you know, if he's not fucking disappointed or felt it was racial. Then, oh, look, uh, listen, I don't mind them leaning into the to the to the idea of racism. Well, like, look at the nation of domination. I Listen, I don't mind. I think it's cool when they lean into the to real life stuff. Like my whole thing is like, but if you're going to do it, then book it properly. You have a motherfucker say some shit like that to Booker T before WrestleMania. Booker needs to go over. Absolutely. But I am the game. Yeah. <laughs> no. That doesn't mean He's I agree a, with you, Chris. You didn't turn me. He is he saying. is absolutely the best C player um who's who's <laughs> ever existed. 
Um, I think he's a B plus <clears throat> player, just quietly. I, I think he's a C minus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, the Bret Hart fan doesn't like Triple H. As much. <laughs> there you go. Um, right. your I I do I I do think Hunter had a fantastic career though. Like he I think he's a great. Did. I don't great give best. a shit what anyone says. If you can't put him in your top fifty, I think you're crazy. I think he belongs there. Yeah, top fifty. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think he. I think he probably belongs. Top thirty. Like, yeah, I think he probably is in that top thirty-ish sort of spot. That's where I would probably have him. Um, but anyway, not a money drawing act, and uh, I don't think that Kenny Omega is drawing money right now the way that he's being portrayed. Um, Interesting. I like Kenny and. I'm excited to watch him work, but nothing about this really is a money drawing act. Not in this century. Like I said, he looks very much like Ric Flair circa 1976. Like <laughs> All he needs is the pink stripes on his suit and then definitely the flares on the fucking, no pun intended, the flares at the bottom of his, of his pants. And we're hitting, we're off to the races after that in the 70s, bro. Yeah, but I mean, he's already wearing the fucking gator loafers and he's already, he's already, you know, wearing the aviator sunglasses to the that's ring true, true. and he's, but that's he's already, part of his gimmick always, even in Japan, <clears throat> just quietly. I know, I know. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't see the money here. I like, I see that there's potential for money. I think that he's, I think he's one of the best in the ring. I don't think that's a question to, oh, to be honest with you. I don't on, think bro, it's yeah. fair to question whether or not he's one of the best he's in the ring. He is technician in the ring. I don't care what anybody says, man. I agree, but money draw. I don't see it right now. I just don't, I don't see the money draw there. I don't see how he's, I don't see how somebody flipping through the channel looks at a character from 1975 <laughs> and goes, yeah, I like that exact character. That's what I want to see right now. You steal and make your own. You don't just rehash exactly what happened before. I agree with you, right? Because, you know, going back to when I first started liking Kenny, right? When he was the cleaner, man, uh, to me, he, that was a great fucking gimmick. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't always that comedic shit. Yes, he's always done that comedy crap, right? But when he wants to be serious... He can be serious. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, when I compare that that run back then to now, sure, I totally agree with you. This is just stupid. Although, I, I'm cool with that because, as everybody knows by now, I'm a big fucking Kenny Mark, right? Big one. I've always vouched for him no matter what, right? Always trying to, like, stick up for it, all the bullshit that he's done, right? But, man, as far as him being a draw... I'll be honest with you. I think he seems unhappy lately. Just slightly, I feel. Just going by his body language. I don't know what, what it is. I could be totally wrong, right? <coughs> Excuse me. But um, ever since the <laughs> Ghostbusters Halloween match, whatever the fuck, even in that match, I felt he was kind of to the side. He, he didn't seem to like... What was going on? Just going by what I was seeing. So he shouldn't he, have been there in the first place. Right. And if you felt like that, truly felt like that, and someone over fucking, you know, powered, you know, played a power move on him, then it makes sense. In saying that, 
I could be totally wrong. <laughs> and I'm just looking into things a bit too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like another thing that's a problem here is they completely missed the fucking boat. I feel like they had a real chance to like jump a major program between him and Danielson because that yeah, match had buzz. That match had fucking buzz, dude. You should have rematched. You should have rematched. Exactly, dropping the ball. You should have had the rematch at the pay-per-view. Like, tonight should have been Danielson versus Omega for the world title. And honestly, I I know I'm going to piss off some fans here, and I'm a bigger fan of Danielson than I am of Omega. Omega should have won tonight. He should have beat Danielson clean in the ring after an absolute fucking war between the two of them. And then maybe you can move on to the fucking hangman stuff. Right. But there would have been more, they, a better build up to it too, man. Yeah. And you had, you had people talking, you had buzz over the world championship picture. That was what people were talking about after that match. You know, people people often have this opinion that like, you know, matches don't draw, matches don't create interest. That's Bullshit. not true. Bullshit. Yeah, that's not true. That it's... match had people talking. And they didn't put it on pay-per-view. And they completely ignored it right after they had it. They had completely, it and then it was like completely. and then it was like, "Okay, well, I'm I'm busy with 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 Hangman, so Yeah, bye. We'll, we'll see you later, Daniel." Yeah. Right, and he's been stale ever since. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy seeing him in the ring. But let's be real, folks, he's been stale. What's he doing? I mean, what's he doing fighting Rocky Romero in the opening fucking match? Why isn't there a program or something to build the Miro-Danielson match? And this is a prime example where you don't really need Danielson to be wrestling tonight. Yeah, you have if a, you're not going to do anything like that significantly like for, for a build, then yeah, why is he there? Yeah, you have a sit-down or you have like dueling promos, right, where both guys are promoing at the same time and you do the, the dueling promo thing. That would be great. There's a lot of different things that you can do with Danielson other than just have him have a match where he's giving up 60% of the offense to Rocky fucking Romero. And if Rocky Romero can get 60% offense against uh, Brian Danielson, Shouldn't Miro literally just walk in with a fork and eat him? <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. I, I, that confuses me, man. I don't understand why they go this, this route. Some really questionable booking. Anyway, um, we'll, uh, yeah, we're going to cut it there because that's the end of the show. And um, we'll see you all for uh, AEW Rampage and, uh, and then for Full Gear, I, I guess. I guess I'm going to probably uh, be talking to you after full gear. I'll walk my ass back over here to this hotel room and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get on here and we'll talk about full gear after it happens. But I'm um, looking forward to that, man, and see how much you're buzzing after this event. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, to the audience, thanks for listening and um, tell them what we need to tell them, Jimmy. Well, I'm glad you say that because you can find us at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com find every show that we do including the hammerlock hangover and uh the professor now jumping on board with his perspective and you can find garden of doom destino you name it it's all there and also you can uh like and subscribe at mark media 
Facebook.com. And I think that's about it, Chris. I mean, is anything... Are you going to tell the people where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, ChrisAms1. And uh, that's C-H-R-I-S-A-M-B-S. The number one. That's it. Um, well, yeah. That it? That's it. I guess so. In saying that, I'm Jimmy T. He's Chris Ames. And uh, you've been listening to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PWC Network, the PW Hustle Networks, and at markmedia.com. Peace. Peace. This is Homeboy 88 of the Homeboy 88 Podcast and good friend of the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network, the PWC. Check out my podcast where all the podcasts are available, the Homeboy 88 Podcast. Thank you. It's the holidays. 
You don't want to talk to your family. You don't want to watch those same old boring movies you've seen a thousand times before. Get yourself the hottest gift for the holidays, a subscription to Hami Media Group at channelattitude.com. Get all your favorite HMG review shows, locker room news, and independent creator content you really want to hear. Subscribe today at channelattitude.com and give yourself the gift you really wanted for the holidays from your friends at Hameen Media Group. after this assault. Lambert's been very successful running teams in USC. Can he do the same thing in AEW? That remains to be seen. But he's damn sure good at creating a, a, a jump from behind attack, Excalibur. And what is Lambert doing? He's got Ethan Page. What's he saying here? It's Scorpio Sky. Lambert almost cried like a baby when he found out he was in the match. And now he's acting like he's... Oh, wait. What is Lambert going to do? Well, I think the motive is obvious. Oh! through the table by Dan Lambert. Jericho's fine first. Lambert, Page, oh. Scorpio Sky. By God, he might be broken in half. 
This was just a small piece of what we can do. But believe this like you believe your mama. You're gonna get the whole thing Saturday at full gear. Hold up! Not only are we gonna win this Saturday at Full Gear, we're gonna make sure that Dan Lambert paints Chris Jericho! Oh, that's our, that's our goal. Wait, 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 guys, guys. That's Saturday. Tonight, we're gonna make Dan Lambert tap out Chris Jericho. Put him in the walls of Jericho! This is getting nauseating. This, this. It's not fair, obviously. This is not how they're going to play. Insult to injury oh, Dan Lambert. How does that feel? Your thoughts, Dan? It's called a Boston Crab! Championship Wrestling from Florida, 1975! The real Rocky Johnson! Lambert so pleased with himself. Well, thanks for the you history lesson. at the greatest collection of talent in all elite wrestling. I want to say all of pro wrestling, period, in the story. Case closed, says Ernie Ladd. How can the inner circle come back from a beating like this, JR? Rolling elbow strike. Danielson pops the hips, German suplex, no. Nice bridge, good lock of the hands, good balance. But Romero just would not stay down for the three count. Yeah, Rocky Romero, multi-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion alongside Trent of the Best Friends. Danielson has been very effective. He's undefeated thus far in AEW. That stable of chaos is stacked, even more stacked now with the addition of Orange Cassidy and Best Friends. Look at this. Danielson elevating Rocky Romero to the top rope. Brian Danielson following Rocky up to the top. This is dangerous territory. For both men. Yeah, no doubt, Tony. No doubt. Brian Danielson. Rocky oh. counters it. Great counter. He, ca he came down. One, two, no. Oh, oh into the into the cross arm breaker. Man, what a, what a counter. What beautiful execution by Rocky Romero. Way to fight it off, too, by Danielson. He's got a pin. But Rocky, he gets that right shoulder up off the canvas. You see Bryce Remsburg. Oh, it's great. Nice. Oh, wow. Just sits out with a powerbomb, does Danielson. Big money Matt Hardy looking on. Rocky Romero and Brian Danielson first faced off in the finals of the 2004 Best of the American Super Junior Tournament, which saw Danielson pick up the victory. Throughout the years, they have faced off on multiple occasions. They're doing so right here on Dynamite, just days away from full gear on pay-per-view. Great way to start Dynamite. What a great debut on Dynamite for Rocky Romero, who did wrestle on elevation back in May, but here he is, he's done my debut, and he's giving it everything. He is standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with the man who could be next in line for a shot at the oh, AEW World Championship. There we see the cross-arm breaker oh, once again. One for the arm, we said he was an arm submission expert. We saw how quickly Danielson clasped those hands together, now reversing. Danielson very well aware that uh, when that arm is touched, he can be in big trouble. That's right. What is, oh, look at this, Danielson. 
almost a version of a calf slicer, but instead... Right back the arm. Rocky Romero, that Juji Katami. If he can extend the elbow of Brian Danielson, this could be over. No, the ankle lock by Danielson. I love this. I love this counter wrestling we're seeing. Oh, Danielson went to Look grab the this. body lock. And again, relentless is Rocky Romero. Oh, and he's got the arm extended. Be over. He used his right leg to break the arms. Whoa. He just pounded the head of Danielson that time, which got the boom. Oh, wow. Right in the face. You know, Rocky's got a victory over Danielson as well when Rocky wrestled uh, as the Black Tiger all the way back in 2005. Danielson's got to be crazy taking this match when he's got Miro coming up in such a... That's a little too late to withdraw now. Yeah, well, no, you're right, but... And you know Miro watching this closely, looking for any laps in the defense of Danielson. Nice running knee strike, the slice bread countered. Danielson. He's in control, is Danielson. Carries the weight. And, oh, no, he's got the arms, the, the wrist trapped, oh, and the look. stomps. Because the feet's legal. And now he transitions Rocky over. He's looking for the LaBelle lock. Rocky knows as well as anybody what's coming. So instead, oh, almost like a tequila quickly, sunrise. Whoa. Oh, yeah. American Dragon, Brian. Danielson. That's what Miro has to look out for this Saturday night live on pay-per-view. American Dragon Brian Danielson has one million ways to beat you. Danielson is one of the few guys in all of pro wrestling that can intelligently counter the strength and power of Miro. Who's gonna win it Saturday night on pay-per-view? AEW Dynamite, Anthony Bowens teeing off on Jungle Boy, as you saw in picture-in-picture picture during the break. Oh, Jungle Boy, elbow strike, Woo. two of them. And then the chop, Jungle Boy. Those elbow strikes are stiff, buddy. Oh, basement drop kick by Jungle Boy, takes out the leg of Bowens. And now the bypass, but the comebacker lariat by Jungle Boy. There you go, Jungle Boy Jack, with that adrenaline rushing through his veins. You know, I think since he developed that snare trap that submission movie utilizes at times, we've seen a much more aggressive Jungle Boy. And a much more versatile Jungle Boy. As Bowens, back elbow, right hand chop. Combination offense from Anthony Bowens. Jungle Boy crumbles. Caught him on the side of the head with that thrust kick. Anthony Bowens has a yeah. chance. Give me an upset here. Whoa! Strong legs. Jungle Boy Jack says no upset right now, anyway. Strong legs got him out of that. Yeah. And a heart. Strong heart, I think, yeah, too. I agree. Jungle Boy could be walking into full gear this Saturday night on pay-per-view. Banged up. He will be teamed with Luchasaurus and Christian Cage to take on Adam Cole. And the Young Bucks, the falls count anywhere, man, for Jungle Boy. The roll-up. Bones kicks out. Jungle. Oh. Jungle Boy looking for snare trap. Max Caster gets dumped out of the ring. Caster had no business up on the apron. It was a smart move, though, JR, when the snare trap was applied. It got him out of it. Oh, did. Oh, oh wow. Jungle Boy, Tope Suicida. That Tope Suicida got Caster off his feet as well. Jungle Boy fighting against the odds here. Stuck his oh. head through the ropes. Bones made him pay. And now Anthony Bones with Jungle Boy tied oh, up the God. DDT. Face and head first. Two. Whoa! God, I thought, I thought Bowens had that one. I really did. I thought it was over. 
But this is a testament to the toughness and resilience of Jungle Boy. It's gonna have to be tough and have to be resilient come Saturday night. I can tell you that. Well, men in the crowd here standing, sold out here tonight in Indianapolis. I'll tell you right now, Bowen's trying to rethink the strategy here. I think he hit him with his big shot that time, guys, and he got out of it. And now he's gonna try to talk him to death. Jungle Boy fading. Bowen needs to capitalize on this opportunity. It takes three seconds to win or lose a match. Jungle Boy counters. He's got the single leg. Can he step over? He's fighting him. He does. Locks in. The snare trap. There's a submission right there. The one that Jungle Boy's refined all year. He's brought in a lot of victories, fellas. His partner's reaching out for him. Jungle Boy's got it locked in. He is squeezing. Can Bowens make the crawl? No, he cannot. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy Jack Perry withstands almost a handicap match. The big victory for rolling into full gear on pay-per-view on Saturday. Jungle Boy heading into full gear. Hey, it's Bobby Wait Fish. Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. What Jungle the hell? Jungle Boy didn't even see Fish. What is it? Why? What's this all about? What is Bobby Fish doing? The taking out Jungle Boy. What is Fish thinking? After Jungle Boy had this grueling match, and it was a grueling match. Bobby Fish, look at this, delivering those brutal knee strikes. Jungle Boy, he cannot even fight oh back. Oh my God! He cannot fight back at all. Jungle Boy, those ankles up on the top rope. So much pressure on his head and neck. The exploder into the ropes, and we see Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. And there goes the fish. The fish has stopped biting. Bobby Fish bailing out. But the damage may have been done here. Yeah, boy, leading. You're right, leading up to Saturday night. What's the matter? Fish is a dangerous Don't man with a Don't mysterious motive, perhaps.